Welcome to the Adjust Your Ranks podcast. This is episode number 34. My name is David and once again I'm joined by Sean. Sean, how you doing? We missed last week, didn't we? We did, mate. You were busy jet-setting around the world, mixing with celebrities and stuff. How are you getting on? Yeah, I'm all good. Yeah, did you, uh, you had a charity ball, didn't you? I did, mate. You know, I was at a charity ball, black tied up, and uh, I've got another one this week. It's that time of year, mate. Just uh, got to do the day job, unfortunately. Doing a little nerd league doesn't pay the bills, does it? No, it doesn't. You've got to get in Christmas parties in the books, haven't you, this time of year? Do you know what? I don't know about you. It just seems to be every week at the moment. I've got one tomorrow night. I've got another one Friday. got one next Thursday, another one next Friday. Can't fit in the tuxedo by the end of it. I'll be honest. I try and avoid what I can unless it's with my main boys and then I'm, uh, and then I'm out on it. Do you know what? I've got to go. It's all networking stuff. And I was at some, I think I told you I was at an art gallery. Like a charity. Did I tell you this? No. I don't know why our guests would uh, care about this, but I had to go to a networking event at an art gallery. Turned up, it's full of new people. I'm wow. talking bits and pieces out everywhere, and it's art apparently. So uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Did any of them have any PPI? I, I sold them some PPI cover. Don't worry about that, boy. <laughs> and, uh, but there was this one. I just before we get into the NFL, because I'm sick of the season at the moment. There was one bit. This is supposed to be art. There was a naked man and a naked woman standing in a tunnel, and you had to walk through the middle of them to get to the next section. So, like, it's mandatory. You've got to walk through them. But the gap is like you can't go sideways. You physically can't sort of fit between them. So, you've got to make a decision: do you face the naked woman and be a bit of a pervert, or do you face the naked man and potentially brush up against a knob? What would you do? <laughs> this is I, won't the any, I, was at. I won't have anyone in here talking about a tunnel. <laughs> get out get out but this is what I was I mean I faced the woman but I felt guilty about it what would you do would you face a knob or would you face a woman and be a pervert uh, I'd try and find it out and face the geezer I think just have yeah. a little brush by yeah check check him out to be honest just check it out see it's all in, in good order <laughs> this is I mean this is work I don't know what I was doing um <laughs> Incredible. Sounds like you've got a load of lunatics in the back of your podcast as well at the moment. Yeah, that's my loudmouth boy shouting goodbye to everyone, but he's done now. So um, I'm going to I'm going to go and drop a bit of whiskey in his uh, in his milk and eat and go to sleep. Yeah, we've, we've had a week off and lost the plot, and we I think. But uh, should we get into it a little bit? <laughs> yeah. So uh, week 13's in the books now. Everything's starting to take shape, and some of our uh, fantasy sides we want to chuck in a bin, and some of them we're probably looking to win some titles, but. When I realise all week 13 games, we've got our studs and duds and also a few players you may want to pick up for next season if you're out of the playoffs and rebuilding. So, yeah, just a few lads that we think could be cheap and, you know, may pay off lot, uh, next season. But um, let's get back to uh, the week 13 games and the uh, last Thursday's game. Talk to me. Yeah, well, last Thursday's game, what a game it was as well. It's uh, I didn't stay up for it. I caught it all in the morning, but woke up to an absolute stormer, didn't we? Yeah, amazing game, really, wasn't it? I mean, to have you know that sort, them sort of points on the seventy-six points overall. I mean, I don't think anyone thought that would be the outcome. And I think I'm not sure people expected Seattle to to sort of stay the stay the distance with Dallas, but they did right till the end, really, didn't they? They did. I mean, it ends up Cowboys forty-one, Seahawks thirty-five, and yeah, just an incredible game. I thought it was just one of those ones. Unless you're a, a Seahawks fan, just really enjoyable. A few of the fantasy lads went off massively, and in our Essex League, I actually I'm forced into starting Dak Prescott and Geno Smith because um, Geno, not Geno, because uh, Joe Joey Brewer is uh, dead on me. So um, yeah, I woke up to Friday morning at about seventy points from the two quarterbacks. I was over the moon. Yeah, well, in Essex last week, uh, I woke up to uh, 
So I was playing Liam when I woke up and he had um, C.D. Lamb and D.K. Metcalf, so I was already 70 behind. So, yeah, that wasn't so nice to wake up to, to be honest. Oh, Jesus. I mean, I benched Metcalf in one one league. It was our guillotine league. And, yeah, woke up and I think I saw 55 points sitting on my bench. I was absolutely fuming. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a bit of a pleasure, really. From a fantasy perspective, pretty much everyone hit, didn't they? I mean, Pollard was back in it and he got a touchdown. Steely Lamb is just absolute money at the moment. And, uh, I mean, everyone went off, didn't they? I think um, the Cowboys have found... Um, I think they've found a use for Brandon Cooks as well. They're starting to get him involved more often. I think they're using CD out as, a, as an X at the moment, aren't they? And, and getting him sort of isolated. And then Cooks is taking up all the other areas of the field as well, isn't he? So I think they're getting Cooks involved, aren't they? Yeah, they really are. They've had to. Because, I mean, it made sense that he should be the wide receiver too. And Gallup's been dreadful and Talbot's had a couple of flashes but it just makes sense to get Cooks involved isn't it and Jake Ferguson's been excellent he was a guy that we weren't sure who it would be and then the closer the season it got we thought it probably would be Jake Ferguson and he's been fantastic I mean I don't know what he is on the season tight end 8-9 but for what you've had to pay for him in a start up or in trade that's excellent return you've uh, you've nailed it he's tight end 9 is he really yeah tight end 9 yeah not bad that's good. Well, um, I mean, it's incredible. Just before we move on to some of the Seahawks, lads, I mean, we've said this a few weeks ago, probably five, six weeks ago, we spoke about the rankings and Justin Jefferson is number one, Jamar Chase number two. And I said, I think the gap is closing between Jamar Chase and CeeDee Lamb. I said, I think CeeDee Lamb's closer to Chase than Chase is to Jefferson. And I think the market is catching up to that a little bit. I mean, can you see a, a position where Lamb potentially overtakes Jamar Chase in the rankings? Um, I still probably have Chase, but uh, it, the gap is obviously much, much smaller than it used to be. Lamb has been on fire, hasn't he? And I think he's shown that in that X role, you know, he's been he's been amazing, amazing these last few weeks, hasn't he? He really has, and I think probably just because some of the market still rates Chase higher, I probably would take Chase first because you have to play the what, what the community thinks, don't you? But. I mean, if I was going to start one, especially at the moment with the quarterback situation, I'd be a lot more confident in CeeDee Lamb. And I think even when Burrow's healthy, I think Lamb's just shown he's a bit more consistent than Chase, actually. Um, I think Chase has got the the better wide receiver to deal with um, in T. Higgins, but that may change next year. Jamar Chase is 23, Lamb's 24, so there's, I don't know, a year, nine months in it. So, yeah, it's probably still Chase for me just, but Lamb um, Lamb is right up there now, isn't he? Yeah, he really is. I suppose the difficulty is that even if we think there's a gap in the market, nobody's paying anything on top of either lad, are they? If you're a chase owner, you want Lamb. Lamb's not going to give you anything on top of it, and you sort of have to ride out your guy, but either way, you're happy. Yeah, just quickly on uh, on Jake Ferguson, do you see him as a, as a legit tight end, or do you think he's just in a really good system and, and position at the moment? I really don't know because we've seen this before haven't we with Dalton Schultz and he obviously went off and got got a couple of quid and he's been alright but nothing special but Dak seems to really like Jake Ferguson doesn't he I don't know what he's got left on his deal this is his second year in the league isn't it so what was he um, a mid-round pick so he's probably got another two years before he gets released I, I, think, I don't know I think Dak just likes tight ends in general doesn't he he's made quite a few of them there usable hasn't he he has. I mean, yeah, he could just move on, Jake Ferguson. It could be next man up. I mean, obviously, they've got the Shoemaker stepping in as well. Uh, does a lot of the blocking assignments, but he'll get a bit of work. I think he scored a week or so ago, didn't he? But I don't know. I think tight end for, for the first time in ages is fairly deep. There's, um, I don't know, 
13, 14, you'd be fairly comfortable with. And Ferguson at cost is definitely up there for me. So perhaps not long-term five, six years, but definitely the next couple. I'm, I'm quite comfortable with him. What do you reckon? Yeah, I'm not sure about him long-term. He was taken in the uh, the fourth round. He was picked 24 the fourth round. This is his second year. His athletic measurables are not great. I mean, his best comparable is, is Colby Parkinson as well. He runs a 4.8140 and he's in the uh, 42nd percentile for his speed score. So I don't know. I don't know whether it's just, he's just in a really good position at the moment and or whether he's legit. I, I, I tend to sway towards that he's just in a really good setup at the moment. I think any other team, I don't know if he'd be this effective, to be honest. Yeah, I suppose the question is how long is he going to be in this situation? Because if he's a, a fourth-round pick... He's going to have, what was it, three, four years? He's in his second year. So he's probably got a couple of years, haven't you, before he's potentially moved on and he could just be another Austin Hooper that just moves on and just does nothing. So um, I just don't know if you can move him, though. I've got him in a couple of leagues and I don't think people are going to be paying for him, are they? Even in premium leagues, are you going to get decent you know, draft capital back for him? Probably not. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to pay above a, a set. I mean, you'd be lucky to get a second, really, wouldn't you? <laughs> So I don't know if anyone's going to pay over a second, are they? That's the thing. I think even in a tight end premium, you're not getting much more than a second. And for a second in a premium league, I'm probably just going to ride him out, to be honest with you. So I don't know. I think he's one of those guys you just enjoy while you've got. If he manages to get a contract there, which it's not impossible, I suppose, the conversation changes, isn't it? Yeah, I just think they're going to try and get what they can out of the shoemaker sooner or later. I mean, he was a second round pick, so he's got second round capital. His athletic measurables are really, really good. He runs a four six three forty. He's in the eighty six percentile, and his speed scores in the eighty eight percentile. His agility is really good as well. So I think they'll try and get what they can, maybe out of the shoemaker next year. And, and Ferguson's just for this year while the shoemaker settles in. Yeah, I tell you what, though, I've been starting Ferguson over Kyle Pitts in a couple of leagues. I mean, you yeah. didn't think didn't that be the case, did you? I've not been starting Kyle Pitts for about six weeks now. I just you just can't do it, can you? In that offense. Yeah, we'll get on to the Falcons. I mean, he's not even been killing you. He's just not got any ceiling, has he? He's just, ugh. Yeah, he's, he's just, yeah, that whole setup there reeks, doesn't it? Stinks. Let's talk about my boy, Geno. Yeah, he was excellent. I mean, he's, he's got the one interception there, but he was a little bit unlucky with that. I think he was really, really good. He threw some lovely passes. The one down the seam to Metcalf for the uh, the first touchdown was beautiful, wasn't it? Incredible. Absolutely incredible. When, I mean, DK Metcalf is... I don't know why he's not highly, more highly rated than he is, but then I look at the list of you know who would be above him, and I can't really get him any higher, if that makes sense. He's one of those guys that's just really, really good. And I don't know why he's never in the conversation in the top 10 wide receivers in Dynasty, is he? Yeah, I kind of asked this question in our NFL group yeah. last week, didn't I? I mean, he's rapid, he's built like a tank, he can go off. And what stops him from being really elite? I don't know. I think the conversation in the group was quarterback play because Jano's fine, but he's not like an elite guy, is he? And obviously JSN's there and Lockett gets loads of work. And They're a run-first team as well, aren't they? Yeah, and I think Pete Carroll just stinks as well. He's just, you know, likes to pound the rock and everything's just slightly against him, isn't it? And I don't know. Uh, perhaps he should be more highly rated. I've got him in a couple of leagues. And I said before, I tried to move him for... JSN to a win now team and they had no interest at all it's like you can't get rid of the bloke and it's really weird because I mean, he put up 134 yards and three touchdowns in this game he turned up wearing a dress his nails were painted I mean <laughs> inc- incredible carry on to be fair 
He's just an incredible alpha, isn't he? Turns up how he likes, dresses with what he likes, enjoys his threesomes, enjoys his uh, jelly beans. He's uh, he's a good lad, isn't he? Yeah, I don't know if I got this jelly beans for breakfast carry on though, and <laughs> and also let's be honest, it's bollocks as well. There's no way he does it. Yeah, no, of course he doesn't. But it's uh, it's an endorsement deal, isn't it? Anyway, onto onto JSN. Has he overtaken Lockett now? Easily, easily. I mean, it was always going to happen. We've said this a while, haven't we? But the box score doesn't tell the full story for JSN either. Does it? Did he get um, did he get a touchdown pulled back? Was it this game? Can't even recall. Um, but he puts up 13 points in the box score, 62 yards, 11 targets. I mean, it's definitely switching over, isn't it? Yeah, Pete Carroll complained a couple of weeks ago uh, to Shane Waldron, the OC, about getting Smith and Jig with the ball more because he was he was getting open but wasn't getting the ball. So um, yeah, they've kind of worked that out the last few weeks, and he's kind of overtaken Lockett. And um, I think he's going to be a really good um, a really good number two or a one B to DK Metcalf moving forward, isn't he? He is. He is. And I- I don't think the price has really changed very much. People likely took him as the wide receiver one, but if you can get him, get him now before um, his his price goes up into that sort of top end bracket because it's not impossible. He could be up in that, perhaps not the, the you know the Chase Jefferson sort of range, but he could be in that next tier, couldn't he? In, in the next couple of years. Yeah, I, th- I think the uh, the arrow's definitely pointing up on uh, on JSN. I mean. He was always one of our guys, and um, I, I think the sky's the limit for him, um, really. He separates for fun, and yeah, I know there's been a lot of knocks on his speed, but um, he's got enough there, and he's quicker than Keenan Allen, and he gets open just the same as Keenan Allen. So I think he's going to have a, a very consistent NFL career, to be honest. Yeah, we glossed over the running backs for, for the Seahawks, really, but Zach Charbonnet got another start, obviously, with Ken Walker still out, and quite well you know 19 carries he got the touchdown he got a reception and he put up a decent box score and it's a very good run defense for the Cowboys but he's come out of the game and he's banged his knee up his knee's swollen I don't know he's just a little bit soft is he just not used to playing a lot of games at the moment what do you make of this yeah I'm not sure um there was reports of him being a bit of a banger when he uh, when he was in college but he's not really like that is he the way he runs so um I don't know. I know he come out of this banged up, and they reckon Walker may be back this week. And you know, is that it for Charbonnet's a, a go at the uh, the RB one for the Seahawks at the, at the moment? If it is, he's not done too badly, is it? And I think he's someone they can rely on in future. Yeah, agreed. I think it's uh, they're both going to have going to have a role, aren't they? I think Walker likely get the straight run type stuff, and Charbonnet will get some third down work and spell each other a little bit and. You know, you remove Tyler Lockett from that as well. You've got two really good runners, two really good wide receivers, and actually, Noah Fant got a little bit of work finally. I don't think Noah Fant's dead. We've sort of gone in and out on him a little bit, but got four targets in this game, forty-three yards in a premium league. That's not not a bad little return, really. Um, given he costs absolutely nothing, and he's actually on some waiver wise in dynasty, which is crazy, really. Yeah, he was on a few waiver wires that I saw, and I picked him up in a couple just because. His upside's worth it for the for the price. I mean, even if he doesn't work out here in Seattle, he can he can go somewhere else and have a Evan Ingram like resurgence for me because it's all there, isn't it? It is, and he's twenty six. He's still quite young for a tight end, and he's not been terrible. He just doesn't really get that much work. And suddenly, you remove Tyler Lockett in his eight to ten targets a game. They've got to go somewhere. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. I don't think he's completely dead, is he? But should we move on? Because we've done about fifteen minutes on this game. It was definitely worth it. Yeah, our 12, 12 minutes of those were on DK Metcalf, weren't they? Yeah, and his little skirt and stuff, which uh, <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't say it to his face, not because I'm scared of him. Um, <laughs> but let's go for it. Take us down to Houston. 
Yeah, so the Houston Texans 22, the Denver Broncos 17. So kind of um, different for the Texans this week. And it wasn't their offense winning in the game. It was likely their defense winning in the game, wasn't it? I think Stingley come up big on a couple of interceptions and Will Anderson harassed Russ Wilson all game, really, didn't he? He did, he did, he really did. And uh, also, did you see CJ Stroud getting a little bit of grief from, uh, I can't remember who it was for Denver, proper getting in his grill. Yeah, Singleton. It was Singleton and, uh, you know, Stroud like kicked off at him a little bit. I quite liked it, to be honest. He showed a little bit of metal and it was quite funny when it all kicked off though because CJ Stroud was miles away. He ended up, um, (laughs) he was about 30 metres away watching everyone having a little, uh, little rumble. But quite a decent game, I thought, this one. Yeah, and just one thing on this for me, answer me a question. If you had a, uh, a smallish wide receiver, you know, say 5'9", five, 5'10", five, maybe 170 pounds, would you have him in on blocking when there's runs? Yeah, it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? A little midget uh, <laughs> with about eight blokes on top of him. <laughs> Let's get to it. This is a disaster, isn't it, really? And we love Tank Dell, and we're a bit concerned in the process, but loved what he was about. He smashed the senior bowl, and everyone was shitting themselves, and he's smashed the NFL. But this is why we were worried. I mean... He shouldn't be on these blocking assignments, but he's also a very small man, and these things happen. He's broke his leg, out for the season, should be fine for next year, but this is sort of a risk when you're that small, isn't it, in this league? Yeah, there was some analysis this week, and um, they were saying, you know, the questions about his his size and his weight, and he he showed that that didn't really matter, but then again, this injury now shows that it does matter. So, you know, it's both sides of the coin, really, isn't it? He's been amazing when he's been playing. He he separates for fun. But, you know, these concerns are there, aren't they, just because of his size? Yeah, and also the the price on Tank Dell, we both love him. He's been brilliant. But I've seen people put him as a top 12 dynasty wide receiver. And are we just getting a bit mad here? Yeah, not for me. I, I mean, I've sold him this week in, in a league to pick up a quarterback and... His price is massive at the minute, and I'm just, I'm, to be honest, I'm selling him where I can. Yeah, and uh, do you know what? As a very player, if the price now drops to the degree that he's out injured and he drops to a value, absolutely go and pick him up. But people are talking about him as a top 12 dynasty wide receiver and he's going for first. So I'll be absolutely moving him because this is the risk when he's that small. It's, it's a massive shame because he's so fun to watch. And it didn't look good. He just sort of folded underneath, and it didn't look like it was a bad injury. His leg snapped in two. I mean, God knows. Yeah, it's not of, good. Yeah, get a couple of pints of milk in the bloke. <laughs> Talk to me about the other Texans wide receiver. Jesus. I mean, Nico Collins, what more can he do? <laughs> Nine receptions, 12 targets, 191 yards and a touchdown. Every time I looked up, he was just catching something for huge yardage. And I dropped you a message because there's a bloke that's wound me up massively this week. And he's a very highly rated dynasty wide receiver, Drake London. Is there a gap between these two in Dynasty? Who would you rather have, Collins or, or Drake London? Yeah, I mean, Nico Collins is one of my boys, but I'm, I'm still taking Drake London there. I, I know I know what you're getting at with it, and I see it. And uh, yeah, it's probably closer than, than people think, but I'm still just Drake London. Yeah, I, I, don't, I genuinely don't know. I don't, if you offered me Nico Collins for Drake London strap, I probably wouldn't do it, but you think... They're similar ages. One of them's linked to a, a young genius quarterback. The other one hasn't got a quarterback, never really done much in the league, never been consistent. And the other one's going for 200 yards a week. It's, uh, I don't know. There is The gap is definitely closer than the Valley would be, I think. I mean, I know um, Americans can be very recency biased, but Daniel Jeremiah this week compared Nico Collins to a, a, an elite wide receiver 
Daniel Jeremiah this week compared him to uh, Josh Gordon. I thought you were going to say Bryce Ford Wheaton. I was going to say fair play. <laughs> um, yeah. What, Nico Collins like Josh? Uh, like Josh? Yeah, Nico Collins is like Josh Gordon. The speed and the size and, you know, the X factor. And um, we've been waiting for this from Collins for a little while, haven't we? I think we both liked him and DPJ when they come out of Michigan. Tough for those Michigan wide receivers when the uh, quarterback was Shea Patterson because he was hot garbage but um yeah we've kind of we can take a victory lap on nico because we've always kind of liked him haven't we we have and do you know what i made a terrible trade in our be well league last year at the time it was good i traded nico collins a late second and Kandaris tony for Traylon burks i mean pull one out for me please because uh gutted i did it because i had john mechie and i couldn't move john mechie i don't like rostering two lads on the same team but that's a massive loss for me really so you kept the guy on 1.90 and sold the guy on 34.1 that's exactly it. I just wanted to support <laughs> Mech as he went through his leukemia battle and uh, yeah, come out the other side. But yeah, uh, I mean, on that, John Mechie, he's done nothing at all. He was a second round pick, was he? Or third round pick? You know, decent draft capital. I, I don't think he's completely dead. I mean, with this Tank Dell injury, somebody's got to step up and he's got a very good pedigree from, from Alabama and he's obviously had this. It, massive cancer scare he's come back he's done his hamstring his snaps have been managed I think he's going to have to step up the next few weeks and he might have a decent role so keep an eye out I suppose because someone's got to step up they can't just funnel 20 targets to Nico Collins can they yeah I definitely think Mechie's one to keep an eye on they seem to try and work him into the the game plan a bit more last week and as you say he's got the draft capital I was never really in on um on Mechie through the whole process but I do think that um there could be a chance for him in the next couple of weeks and I I think he's one to keep an eye on. But moving over to the tight end room, is Brevin Jordan back? I don't know. I've been in and out on this bloke so many times. And, you know, really good look rookie season. I've got him everywhere, released him everywhere. And I don't know. I refuse to speak. What are you going to say? Yeah, I kind of saw people adding him last week when the news came out that Shorts was out. And I was like, oh, I've been through this game before with uh, Brevin Jordan. And then... I didn't add him anywhere, and then he puts up the you know, decent points as well. And then I was like, well, maybe I should have done it. But I, I'm okay. I don't regret it. And, uh, yeah, I'm happy to uh, bet against him on this one. Yeah, I'm the exact same. I think, you know, if you were absolutely desperate and needed to start start a tight end, then it wasn't the worst play, was it? But oh, I'm not bothered to miss out. I just, I can't be bothered doing this dance again with Brevin Jordan. We've done it before, and it just drives yeah. me mad. So, That's uh, exactly yeah. it, though, isn't it? Don't want to do the dance again. Yeah, and also you've got to release someone to bring him in. And generally speaking, you know, we play in quite deep leagues, but mostly they're quite good rosters that we have. And you don't want to release a guy with upside to bring in uh, Brevin Jordan to wind you up again. I also don't like the number nine. It just rubs me up the wrong way. Yeah, I want to see it on Tony Romo, not Brevin Jordan. So, yeah, it's not for me. Yeah, exactly. But um, I don't know. Good luck to anyone who did pick him up. It was quite nice, wasn't it? But... On to the, uh, the Broncos. Um, I mean, Russ Wilson was all right. He's not putting up much yards through the air at the moment, though. Um, it's been, been a few weeks in a row that he's just not quite got it done. Put up nearly 18 points in fantasy. So he's not killed you. He's the quarterback 14 on the year. And actually, for the price, that's probably about where he should be, to be honest. If you people were out on him, he's been fine, hasn't he? Yeah, I think he's had a good season. I think he's played well, but this game last week he didn't play well. Um, no. This is the first one he hasn't played well for for quite a while, though, and I don't think people are, people don't really recognise that he's played well or they don't want to recognise it. I don't know if it was where he wound people up so much the year before and 
the bring the Broncos were such a disaster. But people don't really want to sort of recognise that he has actually been quite good this year. I mean, yeah, this was a bad game last week, but other than that, he's been decent, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, three interceptions killed him, but Will Anderson, I think, got to him a couple of times. So this Texan side is decent, isn't it? And people queried the Will Anderson trade up by them, but he's been really good. It's worked out for them, hasn't it? Yeah, I liked the uh, the Derek Stingley. I think it was the second interception where um, Sutton, Cortland Sutton was on a, a post and uh, he's nearly got it there and Stingley's gone up and, and caught it just before Sutton. Did you see that one? I saw that, yeah. Yeah, it was Amazing, incredible, to be it? fair. Incredible. I mean, looking at the running back room, Javonta Williams, just he's fine. He got 10 fantasy points. He's just not quite getting it done, is he? And He's still very young, but I think people forget that he came into the league. I think he was 20 when he came into the league, and he's still only 23 years old, and it's his third season. Had a massive injury, so there's still a lot of upside for Javonta Williams, but he's got to start showing something soon. Jesus. Yeah, I think he's um, I think he's a bit of a buy-low at the minute, Javonta Williams. I mean, I love him, and I've got him in loads of leagues, and I'd probably be looking to acquire him where I can, because I think next year, I think Sean Payton's been... Pleasantly surprised as well. I think he said in an interview he didn't know what to expect from him, but he's he's really liked what he's seen. And I think this was always just going to be a bit of a slow season for him coming back from such a big knee injury. And yeah, for me, he's a bit of a buy low at the moment. Yeah, I just don't know what the price would be as a buy low because I don't think you're getting him for a second. But I don't know if I'd want to pay a first. Yeah, that's probably right. I mean, maybe a, a second and a, and a wide receiver. I don't know. It depends on, on the builds, doesn't it? But yeah, I mean... It's not going to be less than a, than a first, is it? No, and the one thing I would say, and I'm sort of in leagues where I need running backs, I'm going to be looking to trade for them this off-season because I've not done too much on this upcoming class. You've probably done loads because you're a massive dweeb. Um, but the, the, the running back class isn't that deep from what I've seen. There's a few sort of top-heavy lads, but I, I don't know if I'm going to be comfortable picking up many lads in the second round that I'm going to start. So if I can trade for some lads I'm probably going to be doing that rather than drafting running backs this year yeah I mean we'll get into the the rookie draft and some of the rookies over the over the like, the coming weeks and the coming months but just quickly it's there's two top in quarterbacks that everybody knows there's a couple of dark horse quarterbacks that could go high as well I mean Jaden Daniels is looking really good at the moment excellent um there's a it's a really good wide receiver class from what i've seen uh obviously the top boy um marvin harrison jr at the top and you've got aduns and you've got um my boy neighbors neighbors keon coleman and they're all the, the thing about this wide receiver class is they're big alphas and they're bigger whereas previous years it's been the smaller guys not great for tight end and not great for running back i mean running back is Travion Henderson for me is is the standout, and then there's a lot of kind of okay guys. But that's it. There's a long, a long while to go yet, though. Things could change, and you know the, the draft process can sort of change the rankings and that sort of stuff. But yeah, that's my initial take at the moment as well. So if you need running backs, you should be looking with your early seconds or even your late firsts, looking around your league and trying to move those for guys that are going to offer next season. That's what made me think of Javonta Williams, really. Yeah, I agree with that. Trade for your uh, your running backs and. Um, Take your um, your wide receivers in the draft. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, speaking of wide receivers, um, before we talk about Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, he's rubbish. I'm so bored of him. Yeah, I had him in. I had him left in one league, and I managed to get out on him. I, I can't stand him, to be honest. This the, the league that I did have him was on a, an orphan where I took over, and he was there. And I, well, I was like, I can't wait to get rid of him, but. Um, He's never really done anything in uh, three to four years apart from a couple of flashes and then injuries, and that's kind of been it, hasn't it? 
Yeah, he's, and he's not so bad that you can cut him either. He's putting up, I mean, last couple of weeks, eight points, three points, ten points, six points. I mean, it's just crap. Really, really crap. Nobody wants to trade for him. You can't cut him. You wouldn't sell him for a third. You're not going to get a second. Oh, I don't know. You almost need to get a deal done for another player and throw him in. Just almost give him away, but at least it's in a deal, so you feel like you've not binned him. I'm so <laughs> sick of it. You know those deals where you, you sort of you counter by adding stuff? Um I might just do that because I'm so bored of him. Yeah, I think that's the way to do it is just package him up and it feels you're not, you're not wasting any value that he's got then, don't you? Yeah, that's exactly how it feels. So, I don't know. But Cortland Sutton in better news. He's actually been, wasn't that efficient this week. Only caught two of his seven targets, but 77 yards and a touchdown. And his touchdown streak this season has been excellent. Yeah, this touchdown was beautiful. Russell Wilson, a really deep ball right in the corner of the end zone. Really, yeah. really good. He, he looks for... He looks for Sutton on those deep crosses quite a lot, doesn't he? He really does. I mean, this season alone, he's got nine touchdowns, Cortland Sutton, uh, from a guy that people hated, especially you. Um, and I sold him fairly cheap in a couple of leagues for like a random 25 second. And, you know, if you've got him on your side, he's reliant on touchdowns. Though. That's the only thing. That's not overly consistent. You can't rely on it every week. But so far, he's doing the business. Yeah, so I had him everywhere because I thought he was going to be good in, in Russell Wilson's first season. And then when he wasn't, I kind of sold him off everywhere. But there was a couple of leagues where I couldn't sell him. And now I've got him. He's uh, he's, he's been doing all right, actually. So uh, it took a year, but he's finally paid up for me. Yeah, and I think he's probably doing better because Judy's so crap. So <laughs> it sort of uh, funnels through to him, doesn't it? Yeah, so nothing from the uh, tight end room either, was there? No, nothing at all. And they haven't really got anything there, have they? And Troutman flashed earlier in the season and Dulcich has been out and he came back for about a quarter, didn't he? And back on IR, um, nothing at all going on in that room. They need somebody badly. Yeah, I mean, uh, we should probably leave this game, but I don't know if we want to move on to the next one. Well, I think we've just taken loads of time on two games. Probably good, because this next game, load of rubbish uh, in New England. The Chargers 6, Patriots 0. Uh, this has got, I think, the worst game I've seen in, the, in the many years. And I watch the Giants quite frequently. This was a disaster. I mean, the only standout performer for the Patriots that we can talk about was Zeke Elliott. And he's probably going to get some volume in the upcoming weeks because I think Ramondre Stevens done for the season, isn't he? He is. Um, I don't know. He's, he's not really a player that we've ever liked from Ramondre Stevenson. But high ankle sprain, not good to see. He's a reasonably valuable dynasty asset and he's going to miss the season. Um and I'll tell you what, nobody cares. I've got Zeke Elliott in a league that I'm rebuilding and I can't get anything. Can't even get a third. Now, whether you like Zeke or not, he, he, 17 carries, 52 yards, four receptions through the air for 40 yards. He's going to have the touchdown upside because they're playing Bailey Zappi at quarterback. I think Zeke's a sneaky guy down the stretch because their offense is crap. They're going to have to run the ball. Zeke is definitely a, an ad if you're competing. I mean, they haven't scored any points and he's put up 12.2 points, Elliot, and you take that all day long, won't you? And if he nudges a touchdown, that suddenly becomes an 18-point game. I know it's obviously fine margins. He didn't score a touchdown, but those 12-point running back games, people look at them like they're nothing, but all it takes is a touchdown. That becomes 18, 20 points, doesn't it? Yeah, I think he's a, he's a fine ad, especially for a third just down the run. I mean, you've got to be prepared to ride it off at the end of the year. But if a third gets you a championship, then you're laughing, aren't you? I mean, we talk about... Sony yeah, Michelle. Yeah, I mean, we're going to go back to that. We talk about Sony Michelle a couple of years ago in a league. You sold him to me for a third, I think it was, wasn't it? I knew yeah, that, um, it I knew that when I bought him, he, he was only going to be for the last few games and I wasn't going to get anything the next year, but it won me a title, didn't it? 
It was, and I'm still rebuilding, I think, from that. So, <laughs> yeah, it didn't work for me. But, yeah, you've got to do these moves. And if, I could, if I'm a competing side and I've just lost Ramondre Stevenson or, or one of these lads, I probably would just take the gamble on Elliot. I, I've just done it in our Essex League, and my side's really quite strong there. I'm set, ready to go, and I've just punted my first on Rashi Rice and my second on Marquise Brown just to get depth. I won't start either of them. But you just need to build up your squad, don't you, and have those things. If someone goes down... You need to be able to plug someone in, and if Zeke gives you that depth for a third, I'd be doing it all day. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a it's a decent add in the uh, in the running, isn't it? But um, nothing else to talk about from the wide receivers, really, is there? No, I suppose just a little comment. Devontae Parker got nine targets. He's not been very fit recently. He's after getting that weird contract extension there, but I suppose that's uh, interesting, um, as, as interesting as it could be. Nine targets didn't do much with them, but. What a disaster the rest of it is. Tight end room, just a mess. Kasicki, I'm so disappointed by him there. Yeah, I thought we was going to get some more out of Kasicki this year, but not really got anything out of either of them, have we? No, not at all. Not much else to talk about with them, so should we talk about the Chargers? That'll be quick as well. Yeah, it wasn't a great game from Justin Herbert, to be honest, but he kind of game-managed it, and they did what they had to do to win. Not a great game from Eckler either, really, was it? And there was a clip of him running that didn't look great either. No, you know, a few weeks ago, I thought Eckler looked really burst in. He was quite sharp, and he's been dreadful the last few weeks. And he's averaging a ridiculously low number of yards per carry. And I don't know. I think people might be over overblowing that he's just complete dust. He's never been like a banger grinder running back. He's always been a really good pass catching, bursty running back that has loads of touchdown upside. So I don't think he's completely dust. He's come back from an injury. I don't know. He, he said for years he wants someone to take some of the load off him to manage his his games, and it hasn't really happened. They're relying on bums like Kelly and, and you know Spiller's not done a single thing. And oh, I don't know. He's got Denver Broncos next, and I'm trying to sell him in a league, and nobody cares. So I'm just constantly trying to flog a load of crap this season. It's driving me mad. I'm actually uh, I'm actually trying to pick Eckler up at the minute just for the running on a team where I need a running back because. I think there's been a lot of talk that he's finished. I'm not sure that he's finished yet and he's still going to get pass catching work. I just think now's the time to buy him off of a, a really, really crap game against the Patriots and he's got some good games upcoming and you, you may get something out of him and it's not a bad gamble for a second if you can get him for that. Yeah, and I'll tell you who he's got in week 17, which will be a playoffs final in, in your fantasy leagues. He's got Denver. Yeah, there you go. And they're the worst run defence in the entire league. So I definitely think if you can get him for a second or something like that, it's worth it and his price might go up after he smashes Denver this weekend I think it genuinely is a get right game I'm not just saying it to sell him in my league but I, I don't think he's dead and actually if they move on from him he's going to get a job yeah he'll definitely get a job because he's, he's a really good pass catcher isn't he exactly so even if he steps into a third down sort of pass catching role if you know, we always try and link everyone with the Chiefs and I don't think it would happen but you know they've got a banger grinder there in Pacheco if they added a pass catching Eckler or he could end up in Green Bay to replace Aaron Jones, or it could go anywhere, really. So, I don't know. It's uh, quite a nice dynasty pickup, I think, if you're willing to take the gamble. Shanahan would really like him, but they've got McCaffrey. But, yeah, he's a he's a wide zone runner, isn't he, if ever I've seen one? He is. I mean, most uh, won't be. Um, I mean, he's 31, nearly 32. He's not going to be in Miami for much longer. And, you know, Eckler could go in there and take some of the work away from Achan. I don't know, that if you're buying him for a second Eckler, or even a second plus a Kendra Miller or something that's going to be no use to you now, the upside is so high and he's going to have a job next year. So I'll be picking him up all day. I don't need him in the league. I've just got him in because I'm a rebuilding side. But I just think 
the value if you're getting him for a second is a no-brainer. Yeah, definitely. Let's move on to the wide receivers. Another uh, another decent game for Keenan Allen, considering the conditions. I mean, not a lot going on in the game, but he got his. This is kind of Keenan Allen's floor game, isn't it? It really is. I mean, his floor is five receptions for fifty-eight yards and ten, eleven fantasy points, so he's fine. Um, I think he's the wide receiver two overall this season. He's been incredible, um, given that Herbert's not been as elite as we'd hope him to be. I think it's a mixture of Quentin Johnson's not done much and, and big Mike Williams has been dead. Yeah, he was wide receiver two at the moment, Keenan Allen. For 31 years old, he's had a really good year, hasn't he? Yeah, he really has. And, and actually, that's, uh, we're not going to quite get the, uh, the knife and fork out to eat our humble pie, but I think Johnson looked a bit better this week, didn't he? The bar was very low, but five receptions, 52 yards for, for Quentin Johnson. Finally yeah. doing something. He had a horrendous drop, though, on a, on a lovely Justin Herbert ball as well, where he should have scored. But um, those rock hands, they're always going to be there, aren't they? They are. And also, little things, why I just don't like the way he runs. When I see him, he doesn't get the separation that he should do for his, his speed. It's like he doesn't know where he should be. I mean, I say that. I've never played a single game of American football, but... I don't know. I, I don't like him. That being said, we've seen a couple of our boys pick him up for late seconds. And at that price, I probably would just take the gamble. Because he's got first-round draft capital linked to Justin Herbert. And what was he, a mid-first-round pick in your rookie drafts? If you're paying now a, a 2 10 2 11, I'd probably do it just for the upside, would you? Yeah, Big Andy picked him up for two twelve this week. And I kind of said, that's a really good deal. Even I'm not a massive fan of him, but even I'd pick him up for two eleven, two twelve because it's a, it's a really good gamble, isn't it? It is, and I think if you don't want to part with it, because you're 212, you might think it's 212, it's very quickly can become the 27, can't it, if you crash out in the first round or whatever. Um, move one of your win-now wide receivers, the Cortland Sutton. If you can move Cortland Sutton for QJ, you might get something on top, just the way Sutton's playing for a win-now side. I don't know, they're the sort of deals that you need to look at, aren't they? Yeah, for sure. What about the tight end room? I mean, Everett looked uh, a bit better this week, didn't he? I, he made a couple of decent breakaway runs down the right-hand side and he got absolutely smashed a couple of times. But, I mean, four receptions, 44 yards, it's not the end of the world, is it? Yeah, he's, he's serviceable and in a, in a tight end premium league, that's fine, isn't it? You're getting, what is it, 14, 13, 14 points out of him. It's not too bad, is it? Yeah, exactly. He's not been very consistent this season. He's missed a couple of games, but, I mean, that was fine last week. But I think they do need a tight end, though. I do feel for, we're obviously Justin Herbert stands here, but... Quentin Johnson's not worked out and they've got a load of guys in the room, a load of guys in the tight end room. There's no like massive guys apart from Keenan Allen, really. So they need to refresh it a little bit. Yeah, then the tight end, probably another wide receiver, but it's, there's just not a lot of speed there. And Quentin Johnston's quick, but they don't either use him in the right way or he's not catching those deep balls where he's getting separation. So it's just not working at the moment, is it? No, they do need a bit, to be fair, because if Eckler walks, they need to replace him. Are they going to keep Keenan Allen when he's 32? Does Mike Williams stay? They need a tight end. They need to rebuild it a bit. Is Staley there? I don't know. It's, uh, it's all gone a bit stale. Yeah, one of the uh, podcasts I listened to was saying that they reckon Staley's gone and they, there's a chance that the GM, Tom Telesco, could go as well because in his 10 years, I think they've won one playoff game. So um, he could be in trouble as well. Yeah, well, let's move on because we've just done nine minutes on the worst game that's ever been played in this league. So, uh, yeah, we'll leave that into another brilliant game. Lions at Saints. Lions 33, Saints 28. Um, I mean, the Lions, uh, I think they're probably my favourite side. More than the Giants. I can't stand the Giants, to be honest with you. I really like the Lions. Yeah, their scheme, their play calling and and their offence is really good to watch. Ben Johnson is just... 
adding more zeros to the contract that he's going to get to coach somebody next year. He's, he's really good. He's he's innovative and he schemes people up well. And I've seen some in-depth analysis on on some of their scheme and, and some of their plays. And yeah, they love it. They love the offense there. It's, it's he gets everyone involved. You know, everyone gets their touches. He's got. Um, uh, Williams on the uh, the end around Jameson Williams got the end around he looked rapid didn't he on that touchdown he really did and I know we've sort of doubted him a little bit and frustrated by his lack of progress but he looked excellent there he's so quick and I'll tell you what I think he he could do long jump because he must have jumped about 20 feet through the air to get into the end zone yeah that was brilliant wasn't it but um, yeah they get everyone involved there don't they yeah they really do and uh, I mean Gibbs the box score is quite poor, really, but he went off on that one massive run, didn't he? Absolutely brilliant. 60 yards, I think it was. That was pretty much his whole production for the game. And then David Montgomery nudges in the vulture touchdown. Killed fantasy, didn't it? <laughs> Vintage David Montgomery. I think Gibbs got them all the way down there, didn't he? And then they brought Monty in to take it in home, didn't they? Yeah, they did. And it's just one of those things. I mean, I, I looked a bit silly selling Gibbs the other week and he put up like 30 odd points but you're going to have these games aren't you where the box score for Gibbs six fantasy points that has probably killed you if you've started him and you're, and you're running back one or two slot and Montgomery nudges in the touchdown and walks away with 12 and a half fantasy points that's just going to ha- happen and you have to sort of live with that inconsistency yeah I mean the guy on the Detroit offense this week was uh, was that tight end guy wasn't it uh, who, who are we talking about <laughs> <laughs> he was a good lad, weren't he, Laporte? Yeah, he had a brilliant game, didn't he? I mean, he got the touchdown fairly soonish, but he was breaking off big plays all game, wasn't he? Nine from nine for 140 yards and one touchdown, 29 points. I mean, in tight end premium leagues, what did he score? He's, he's in your actor and writer league, isn't he? What did he score you? I, I think he scored something like 45 points, yeah. and I still lost. That's um, ridiculous, so, isn't it? Yeah, I still lost because I tanked Dylan Drake London. So, uh, <laughs> Laporte did all his work and uh, got a bad back from carrying Tank Dell and his zero and Drake London is 1.8 so I was gutted there but uh, he's just been absolutely incredible he's going to set the rookie tight end record I've got absolutely no doubt about that at all and just absolutely phenomenal and um, I suppose before we uh, move away from the Lions just uh, talking about floor games Amon Ra St. Brown two receptions and he still walks over nearly 17 fantasy points I mean absolutely incredible Yep, I mean, it wasn't his usual volume game and he, he's still scoring points and he still scores a touchdown. So he is just Mr. Consistent in fantasy football, isn't he? Yeah, I saw a stat the other day. Forgive me, I'm not um, remembering it all correctly, but it was the, the most consecutive games above 10 fantasy points. It's, it's something like 28 games for Amon Ra St. Brown. It's every single game he's always going to score you above 10 without any question at all. Every game for three years or something silly. Um, again, I've made that up. It's a crap stat, but yeah, he's very consistent is what I'm saying. So just uh, one last thing on um, Sammy Ballgame, Sammy Laporta. Big Luca put his cards on the table this week in in our NFL chat and he's named him as his dynasty tight end one. Really? That's nice. I mean, he just needs to fix up his sleeper photo, doesn't he? And then we'll, we'll be in that conversation because he still looks like Ben Roethlisberger. Um, <laughs> but I, I think I agree with it. I think just in terms of age and what he's doing, I don't think Kelsey's in the conversation anymore. Kittle's not. Hits isn't, really, unless you're just really stubborn like, like I can be and you can be. I don't know. Who else is in the conversation? Hawkinson and Andrews are the, are the conversation, but they're not performing like this. Hawkinson and Andrews and and, and Laporta is your, is your top three, isn't it? And it just depends on your, on your, on your, your flavour of who you want there, isn't it, at number one? 
Exactly that. And also, he plays in a dome, doesn't he? Which, you know, gives you a bit of consistency. You sort of know what you're going to get from him. Weather doesn't affect it as much. And yeah, it's uh, really, really good stuff. But um, I think that's about it for the Lions. I mean, talking about the Saints, Derek Carr is so boring. I'm so bored of it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm absolutely sick of him. I mean, I think the Saints fans are sick of him as well. I listened to a few podcasts this week, and the Saints are out on him. The Saints are out on Dennis Allen, and they just want the team to go into a bit of a rebuild because their their uh, their cap is ridiculous as well. They've got so many void years on so many players, and they're going to be in a bit of cap hell. And their Carl's probably got next year just because of the dead money that he's got. But he's been he's not been great, has he? He really hasn't. I saw a load of Saints fans start to go fund me with a 5.8 million quid target to pay the dead cap for cutting Derek Carr. Um, I don't know if anyone contributed to it, but it made me laugh. Yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of a shame. I'll tell you what else annoys me about Derek Carr, and I get annoyed by little things. His boots irritate me. Have you seen him? He's wearing like uh, almost the Adidas golf shoe type plays. They're black with like a white sole, and it just winds me up for no reason at all. It's not his fault. They're quite nice, but just irritates me. Yeah, everything about Carr irritates me. I never used to mind him last year or the year before. I've never really minded him, but he's just wound me up lately. He tends to blame everyone else and not take much responsibility himself. And Joe in our group is a Raiders fan, and he said this is kind of what you get with Derek Carr, and I'm seeing it more and more with him, so I'm completely out on him. I'm sick of his face. I'm sick of him. I'm sick of his brother as well. Yeah, his haircut winds me up as well, so let's move on. Um, running backs, Alvin Kamara, he's just been very, very good, and... I think you and I sold Alvin Kamara three, four years ago to try and get out early. And Jesus, it's a bit too early, I think, really. It's one of those things. But he's just been so consistent, getting so much work through the air. And in PPR leagues, that's really going to help you. He's uh, He's been a great lad for me in the guillotine league. Yeah, it's kind of been a lesson for me on Kamara because I did get out three, four years ago. And it was like I could have had three or four years of decent production. I think you have to kind of... Pick the guys you think will have. You have to really try and make a good judgment on what guys you think will have a bit of a future and which look after themselves and which won't physically decline that much. And I guess Kamara, now looking back on it, was one of those guys, wasn't he? Yeah, but you just never know, I suppose, really. You look at Tom, Todd Gurley, was by far the dynasty running back one, and within 18 months he was out of the league. Um, you know, if you'd sold him and got out of him early, you're probably really pleased, but you just don't know. I think. It's definitely the right process, and I did it about a year after you, and probably look a little bit silly, but I'd much rather get out a year or two early than ride it out and lose for nothing. With the exception, if you're a competing side and you want to just run him into the ground, I'm fine with that. Somebody like McCaffrey, like in our Essex League, I'm just going to keep McCaffrey until he retires, I think, just because it's working. Yeah, I definitely agree with that one. I'd, I'd keep I'd keep McCaffrey where you've got him unless you can get a, 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 a silly offer with someone contending and you're not. But yeah, Kamara, I mean, when I did sell him, I just won a, a dynasty title and I wanted to kind of refresh and I did get a young AJ Brown for him, which wasn't too bad either. Yeah, exactly. These deals, they, they work both ways, don't they? But Chris Alave, fairly efficient in this game, went for nearly 120 yards and looked, looked fairly decent. I just, I, I love Chris Alave. You like him, but I just don't know what his ceiling's going to be until he gets a proper quarterback. I think he's just going to be a volume play for now because there's, everyone else is injured at the minute. I mean, they're rolling out A.T. Perry and Lynn Bowden. I mean, why are they scheming up 
plays for Lynn Bowden. Did you see the one where they tried to reverse and it was just all over the place? Just a load of absolute nonsense, really. And I, I, I'll be honest, we're nerds. We know all about these rosters. We did a breakdown of every single roster. I didn't even remember Lynn Bowden was on this side. No yeah. idea at all. Do you know what? I didn't realise Marquez Callaway had gone back there till last week. Yeah, until I saw him pulling out a blocking scheme on, on the far right-hand side. I thought I heard Marcus Callaway. I thought, no chance. Um, surprised we've not still got him stashed somewhere, to be fair. <laughs> but um, <laughs> he, was, uh, he was blocking well, to be fair, for Chris Olave, I think. Let's talk about your favourite player, Taysom Hill. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I, I'm in a QB hell in the league this week, <laughs> and everyone's dead. I've got Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, and Kenny Pickett. I may have a little waiver claim out for Taysom Hill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to flex him in my, uh, my, well, not even flex him, put him on my quarterback one spot and just hope. I mean, he's putting up points, isn't he? He is, and maybe we're just too stubborn because he's been really consistent. I think he's just irritating because he kills other fantasy players. But if you look at him just as a, a, his own fantasy asset, he's fine. <sighs> He really is fine, isn't he? As a tight end, what is he this season? Tight end eight? No, look now, tight end ten. I mean, he's pretty much been on waivers everywhere. I mean, his points from week six, 12 points, 16 points, 22 points, 22 points, 4, 7 and 15. I mean, that's decent tight end production, isn't it? It really is. I mean, from week six onwards, he's been probably tight end three or four. He's been absolutely fine, I think. He's so annoying because he'll run one in instead of Kamara, and if you've got Kamara on your coupon, on your accumulator, he just kills you, doesn't he? But he's, he's been fine. Yeah, we just don't like him because he's a bit of a gadget bum and we don't like those guys, but he's been serviceable this year, I have to admit it, and he's probably one of their better offensive players this year, isn't he, to be honest? He is. This is it. I've just remembered. I remember who it was. It was uh, Marcus Calloway was blocking for Alvin Kamara, and Alvin Kamara pushed him over. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. Kamara was blocking. No, uh, Calloway was blocking for Kamara. Kamara runs up behind him and pushes him over just to get past him. I thought, yeah, good. Good on you. <laughs> Let's move down to uh, to New Jersey. Well, this is the home of your uh, Giants, isn't it? But we're talking about the other team now. Yeah, we are. I mean, it's an absolute dump. Um, but yeah, the Jets trotted out Tim Boyle again and he's been absolutely rubbish and talk tonight there was talk yesterday that uh, Zach Wilson didn't want to play again because I don't know if it's because he's scared or he's just a bit annoyed that they benched him but just come out before we've recorded he is going to start this week isn't he yeah I, I mean I put it in our group when they named Tim Boyle a starter I said this guy is absolutely dreadful I mean I'd seen him for the Lions and uh, some preseason Packers games and he is absolutely woeful They'd have been better off with Susan Boyle, wouldn't they? Yeah, they really would. Um, Danny Boyle, Susan Boyle, and your Superflex. But I don't know. If you've got a decent veteran who's going to win you some games and you're in the playoff race, I can sort of get benching Zach Wilson because he wasn't great. But if the option's Zach Wilson or these losers, what is the point? All you've done is kill Zach Wilson. He probably hates your franchise now. Any little hope you had is gone. And he's probably going to come in and be crap again. Are they then going to go back to Tim Ball? They've just signed... Who else have they signed from the Rams? Oh, Brett Ripping. Yeah, they just signed Ripping and... I don't know, trotting out Tim Ball, Zach Wilson and Ripping in consecutive weeks. It's just an absolute mess. And then you've got Aaron Rodgers trotting everyone's podcast and throwing passes. And Rodgers is not going to play a game this season. He always knew he wasn't. He just had to be the, the main attraction, though, didn't he? He had to be getting the attention. It just drives me mad. I mean, if you was an actual Jets fan, you'd really hate them at the moment, wouldn't you? Yeah, of course you would. Of course you would. And 
I know we're probably a bit anti-Rogers, but I don't think he's helped this situation at all. No, he hasn't. He's put put so much pressure on Zach Wilson, and he's been getting all the attention and giving stupid interviews. And, uh, you know, if he really wanted to help, he should have just been helping Zach Wilson on the, you know, on the training ground and getting in his ear and and coaching him up a little bit rather than getting all the attention. I don't know. It's just all a bit of a shame. Yeah, I mean, if we move on to the running backs, Brees Hall, Bit of a floor game for Brees Hall, wasn't it? Six from eight receptions for 29 yards, only 16 yards on 13 carries. Not great, but, I mean, it's just a dead offence at the moment, isn't it? It is. I am worried about how inefficient he is on the ground, though. I mean, you can sort of see why they wanted to bring in Dalvin Cook or somebody else, because if you look at his running numbers the last few weeks, I mean, 13 carries for 16 yards, just over one yard a carry. Seven carries for 25 yards, 10 carries for 23 yards, 13 carries for 28 yards. It's dreadful. He's, he's averaging, I don't know, two yards a carry. That's not sustainable at all. So what is the problem there? Is it the offensive line? Is it Brees Hall himself? What is it? It's probably a bit of everything. The line's not great. The quarterback's crap. He's coming back off an injury. I don't know. Could some of it be mental? He's just checked out a little bit. I don't know. He's getting it done through the air and that's saving you in fantasy. But I don't know if that's what we thought Brees Hall was going to be. We knew he's good in good through the air but he's been a bit of a home run hitter and we, I expected a bit more from him on the ground I'm a bit worried about him really in Dynasty yeah I must admit I'm a bit worried about him but I, he's got enough talent I think that you can pass this year off as, as a crap giant, a crap jet side and the offensive line being crap and the offense as a whole being crap and I think you give him next year don't you yeah I think so he's not killed you look at his fantasy points he's putting up 10-11 a week and he's, he's had a couple of 20 smattered in which is fine but that's a lot of it's through the air. It does need to get better on the ground. He's still 22. He's so young. Yeah, as you said, Rogers probably back next year. Get that line healthy and see. But I don't know if he's the uh, he was the RB two fairly uh, across the board in Dynasty. I don't think that's the case now. Yeah, not at the moment. But I, I, he's one again that I would happily pick up. But it, I mean, what's it going to cost to get Brees Hall? He's still going to be expensive, isn't he? Yeah, I don't know. If he's, is he in the two first range? He probably still is. If I've got him, I'm not taking less than two first, probably. Yeah, that probably is still his price because of the age and because of uh, the talent. But, I mean, I think he's not going to be moving many places at the moment, is he? No, you have to just ride him out. But um, nothing else really in that running back room. Talk to us about the wide receivers. Yeah, so Xavier Gibson was um, was one that I was fairly high on um, pre-season. I mean, he was one of the hard knocks boys, wasn't he? Him and uh, Jason Brownlee were pals, and they both kind of made the team as um, undrafted free agents. Gibson is a little bit like Randall Cobb. I mean, I'm going to speak a bit about Xavier Gibson later on, so I can't say too much right now, but he, he come out of the game with 12 points and uh, five from six for 77 yards. So it was his, um, it was his best game as a rookie. Yeah, he was really decent. And actually, there's room in, in this wide receiver room, isn't there? Because not much else. Lazard has been dreadful. And he'll probably have a job next year when Rodgers is back. But yeah, for now, it's quite nice to see him doing something. I quite like the young guys. He's quite short as well. He's quite fun to watch. Yeah, he's bursty, he's shifty. He's one of them little guys that's got that burst, isn't he? And he's, he's quite a thick set as well. So I think he's um, he's made to be a slot receiver in the NFL, to be honest. Yeah, he really is. And uh, yeah, I We'll speak about it a bit later on. And um, a bit disappointing for Garrett Wilson this week, really. And it's, this is all on the QB play. There's not much you can really read into it. He got some targets, but, you know, I, I don't think many of them were catchable. And you have to swallow it eight fantasy points. It's uh, a bit of a disaster, really. Yeah, a bit of a disaster there and a bit of a disaster in the tight end room as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. 
really was. I mean, Conklin got nine targets and he only pulls in three of them. And again, you just have to write this off down to bad quarterback play, don't you, really? Because, I mean, Ruckett got three targets as well. That's 12 targets to your tight ends and you've come away with pretty much nothing. That won't happen once Rogers is back and that line's healthy. Yeah, let's move on to the Falcons. So, not a great game from uh, Desmond Ridder, but he uh, he got the job done in the end, didn't he? He did, just about. And I don't know. It's, they're the most frustrating team in the entire league, I think, the Falcons, because we've got so many decent fantasy options and just don't get much out of them, do they? And they've pratted about with uh, Taylor Heineke, gone back to Ridder, and pretty much more of the same. There's not much difference, is there? Not really. I think... They think that Ridder's more safe, but, I mean, he has his turnovers just the same, doesn't he? I mean, you don't get much upside out of him, but I think that they like the safeness of it. But, yeah, for me, it's just completely boring. I mean, Benjamin Robinson has been kind of, this is his floor, isn't it, 10 points, but he's kind of been lost in this offence. Tyler Algier is just there doing what he does. You've got CPAT doing what he does. I mean, the wide receiver room is as dead as it gets, isn't it? Yeah, the only, uh, I suppose, positive for Bijan is that his carries have increased the last few weeks. He was sort of stuck in that weird 11, 12, 13 carry zone for a while, but he's ramped up the last few weeks, 22, 16 and 18 carries in his last few games. So they've sort of switched away from Algier a bit, which in the long term is going to be good for, for fantasy, but it's not quite producing for now for Bijan, but who cares really? You're not relying on him too much now anyway. Yeah, let's talk about this wide receiver room and only one wide receiver getting targets. Oh, well, I'm going to speak about him later, probably, so I don't want to say too much. But, yeah, Drake London, I'm, I'm not his best mate at the moment. Um, one reception for eight yards for 1.8 fantasy points. It's an absolute disaster. It really is. I, I don't know what more you can, can do with this lad. He's, he's, he's had some games where he's been all right this season. He's not killed you in many games, but this was terrible. Yeah, he killed me in a few, to be honest, and... As angry as I am at him, I'm more angry at uh, Arthur Smith and the uh, the Falcons, to be honest. I am. I am. The problem is you need Arthur Smith to go. You need a new offensive coordinator to come in. You need a new quarterback. Is that all going to happen in the same off-season that's going to suit London, Bijan and Pitts? I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, who would you um, prioritise out of the tight ends? Would it be Michael Pruitt? <laughs> I couldn't believe that. <laughs> I mean... I think I put it in the group. I said, who on earth is Michael Pruitt? Um, and I didn't even spell it right. I think I put about three U's in his surname. But um, yeah, of course he pulls in the touchdown, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, Carl Pitts four from eight for 51 yards. But yeah, Michael Pruitt has, has matched his point output in fantasy just with one reception and a touchdown. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. Carl Pitts, he got, he got eight targets, which is which is positive. Some of these targets from this lad at quarterback, and I, I met Desmond, I say met him, I was standing on the same field as him a few weeks ago, and he, he's quite impressive in real life, really. He's a big lad, as they all are, these quarterbacks. Some of these throws, I've never seen anything like it. They're about five metres away from Carl Pitts, and I'm thinking, what on earth are you doing? Carl Pitts ran like a nine route out on the left-hand side, and the ball was genuinely about five metres away from him. Yeah, I Just think, rubbish. I think there was a stat out there that he's had the most uncatchable passes, Carl Pitts. Yeah, yeah, and I don't quite know how they measure that, like what sort of radius the pass needs to be to, to be catchable, but it doesn't look good, does it? Definitely not. I mean, there needs to be something happen with that Atlanta offence, doesn't there? Yeah, and do you know what? Pitts hasn't killed you, really. In a premium league, you know, four receptions for 51 yards, it's probably putting up 13, 14 points, so it's not the end of the world, is it? But 
the price you're having to pay and he's the tight end 15 on the season, you're pretty, pretty upset about it right now. Let me ask you a question. Go on. Are you still picking up pits if he's cheaper? Of course I am. Of course <laughs> I am. I'm going straight back in. Are you going in? Yeah, of course I am, yeah. Of course I am. But the thing is, what is cheap? Because I think at his peak, he was costing a first plus quite a lot, wasn't he? In, in Especially in premium leagues. But I, I don't know if you're going to get him for a second. What about, say, if you've got someone like Kelsey or who's who's a fit tight end that's good and you know if you've got Kelsey at the moment and you're in a rebuild and someone contending has got pits are you what are you what are you what are you adding to a deal to get pits and, and move Kelsey I honestly don't know I, I think if you're in a win now situation and you know that Kelsey if you're a Mahomes owner and you're in a win now situation and your tight ends I, I don't know and you want I don't even know what to think about it, really. I'm, I can't think of a deal that would work. Yeah, so think? in a league recently, before Mark Andrews got injured, I had Mark, in, Mark Andrews on a, on a rebuild side. I wasn't competing and I was rebuilding, and some guy that was contending had Kyle Pitts. And I tried to do um, Pitts and a first to take my Andrews, and he wanted to do a Pitts and a second for Andrews, and I, I wouldn't do it. No. No. Yeah, it's a really tough one. It, taken, it, it needs that first, doesn't it, with Pitts, I think, now? It does, it does, because he's, he's just not offering enough and he's too much of a risk to not getting a first back with it. It's really tough, though. I saw someone saying the other day, Trey McBride has gone nuts, and we'll obviously talk about the Cardinals shortly. I think they're the next game we're going to talk about. And I saw someone say, move Kyle Pitts for Trey McBride. And it sounds like it makes sense because obviously McBride's gone nuts he's getting 10-11 targets a game but I'm not doing that I'm not moving Kyle Pitts for Trey McBride yeah I mean I really like Trey McBride he was one of my guys last year but I'm, I'm not sure I'd be doing that either yeah I just don't know he's a really tough one you have to hold him if you've got him and if you're out of contention and you've got one of these older guys that's productive you know you're going to need something else to move off I don't know it's a really tough one to value Carl Pitts because he could still be excellent he had that great rookie season he's just a freak when you see him he's one of the biggest most impressive men I've ever seen um, I reckon he was about eight, eight foot tall compared to me it was unbelievable I'll have to take your word for that one anyway talking of uh it's about your height. It just, it just felt massive. <laughs> Talking to Trey McBride, let's head down to uh, to Pittsburgh. Yeah, let's go down to Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, I mean, the Steelers, it finally cost them because they've been garbage this season and they've sort of been riding luck, haven't they? They've not been productive and it finally cost them. And Cardinals 24, Steelers 10. Um, obviously, Kenny Pickett goes out with an injury and your favourite player, Mitch Trubisky, comes back in. Um, looks like Pickett's out for a while. He's had to get ankle surgery, hasn't he? Yeah, I saw lots of people picking up Trubisky this week and they definitely weren't Chicago Bears fans because they wouldn't be picking him up. I'm sorry, mate. I've had to pick him up in two because I've got these <laughs> leagues where I've got I've got Burrow, Trevor Lawrence and Pickett and I've genuinely got no quarterback at all, so I've had to do it and it feels horrible. Yeah, he wasn't great when he came in. He was okay, but I mean, there are people saying that he could elevate the offense more than Pickett, which is a bit of a worry, isn't it? I think he'll at least stretch the offense a little bit because Pickett is so safe. He's a bit of a dink and dunk. He doesn't really ever... I think he's got two games over 200 yards. In the last, I don't know. Again, I'm, I make up stats on it all the time. Um, whereas I think Trubisky will luz it about. He'll get the interceptions, won't he? But uh, I don't know. It potentially gives the, the offense a higher ceiling. 
that's what people have been saying. And another thing as well this week, a lot of the um, the Steelers beat writers are saying the national press love Tomlin and think he's a really good coach. A lot of Pittsburgh is getting fed up with him. Really? Yeah, that's what they've been saying. A lot of the the local Pittsburgh fans and a lot of the local people and the beat writers are all saying this. They're getting a bit fed up with him. You know, I was getting fed up. With, I've, I've really fed up this week. I've just had a bad week. But I was watching him on the sideline in his aviators. It's December, mate. What are you wearing sunglasses for? The sun is not shining. The weather was so bad. The game got stopped about four times. It took about five hours to complete. And he's on the sideline in a pair of aviators. It just rubs him out the wrong way. Yeah, they're not they're not happy with him down there. I mean, he's had some great sides over the years. And he's I think he's been to one Super Bowl, is it, or two? And one of those was with... Um, the old coach's side, I can't remember his name, the old bald fellow with a moustache. But yeah, he's, I don't think he's taken the maximum out of the, the, the talent that he's had there. And he's he's also put up with some fairly crap coordinators as well and left them sitting there. I think he has quite a lot of say over what goes on in Pittsburgh and it's not always been good, has it? No, and no, I think you look at that side, I know we, we don't really like him, but Ben Roethlisberger was, was an elite level quarterback for what he did. And at the time they had Lev Bell and... Antonio Brown it's arguably the best running back in the league one of the best quarterbacks in the league and the best wide receiver in the league and I don't think they got enough out of that side really did they and I don't know they sort of punch above their weight he's got this stat where he's never had a losing season but he's flirting dangerously with it this year yeah they look pretty poor at the moment their defence isn't great and they may lose TJ Watt for a few games I think he looked injured at the end of his game and there's just not much going on on offence at the moment is there no and I, I do think um, Deontay Johnson, I think, potentially gets a slight tick up just because I think Mitch will throw it about and he likes a bit of volume. So, I don't know. You, you're not really going to be starting many of your, your Steelers, really. And Pickens, I never know when to start Pickens because he puts up 12.5 points here, but I just I never feel that comfortable putting him in my starting lineup. How do you feel about Pickens? I'm the same as you. I've got him in quite a few leagues. And at the minute, they're contending sides and I'd happily move him for a, a win-now piece and not be too bothered about pickings. I just I don't know. He frustrates me. I never know when to play him. If I do, he scores crap points. If I don't, he scores points. He just winds me up. And you shouldn't really take that into account when you consider the player. But yeah, it's, it's, it's getting on my nerves, to be honest. I mean, just a quick thing about Mitch Trubisky. He, uh, he was happily thrown to his old boy from Chicago, though, wasn't he? Who's this? Alan Robinson. Oh, do you know what? I've completely forgotten that Robinson was in Chicago there. I was really confused. Yeah, um, yeah, he did actually. He loves it about a little bit to Robinson. Are you pleased? I was over the moon for Alan Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> and also, before I forget as well, did you see Deontay Johnson's celebration when he scored the touchdown? Uh, I did see the touchdown. What did he do? I mean, bear in mind, they've lost 24-10. At the time, it was 24-3. Right, it's a proper consolation touchdown. It means absolutely nothing. His side's been ripped apart. His quarterback's just broken his foot. He's out for the season. And he starts doing like a proper gunpoint, dancing around the end zone, <laughs> like wasting time on a consolation celebration. It was just tragic, to be honest with you. His attitude is a real problem, I think, Deontay Johnson. He's apparently a bit of a diva. He punched someone in the locker room last season. He's been kicking off this season. I don't know. Couple of knobs in the wide receiver in there. Yeah, there was the um, the fumble play as well last week, wasn't there? When he was just watching it. Yeah, yeah, they've, they've just had a bit of a history of it, really. And obviously, Pickens has been deleting everything off his social media. It's only a year or so ago he had Chase Claypool trying to celebrate on the first down, and they just seem to attract weapons in their wide receiver, and not in a good way. Well, this is all run by Tomlin as well, though, isn't it? 
Yeah, it is. And I don't know. Maybe it, with better quarterback play, it elevates this side, but it's not looking great for him. Let's uh, talk about the uh, the Cardinals. What did you make of uh, Kyler Murray this week? He wasn't too bad, was he? He was all right. You know, he was all right. He wasn't that efficient through the air, but sort of got the job done. I think he's been a lot better than I expected him to be coming back this season. Yeah, I've um, I've quite a lot of what I've seen of him, and apparently the organisation are really, really happy with him. He's been tuned in to the new sort of regime there, and he's he's been really good behind the scenes, and they're really happy with him. He's been a good leader, so... I don't know, maybe he's matured a little bit and, you know, with the knee injury, he realised what he's got and what he needs to do. And, yeah, I, I quite like Kyler Murray. I'd be happily picking him up where I can get him. Yeah, likewise. And this was a James Conner show, really. It was James Conner and Trey McBride. And Conner, a bit of a revenge game, playing his old side. I mean, he went to college in Pennsylvania, playing against the Steelers, his old side. This was quite nice for him, really. 105 yards and a couple of touchdowns and pretty much won the game for him. Yeah, they got it done on the ground. They didn't get it much through the air, really, except for Trey McBride. I mean, Greg Dorch, one from three. Rondell Moore, one from two. And Marquise Brown, zero from three. I think Marquise Brown may have left the game at halftime um, as well, but that's still not going to stop me going in on him a little bit later on. Yeah, well, do you know what? I paid a second for Marquise Brown a few weeks ago. I thought I got a great deal, and he's put up absolute garbage since then, so... Yeah, a bit frustrating when I think he's out of contract at the end of this season as well. Yeah, I think he is. They gave up a first for him and, and didn't pay him. So, yeah, they gave up that first for absolutely nothing. Yeah, it's a weird wide receiver room they've got, really, because Marquise Brown is, is out the door and Rondell Moore's not done anything at all. And, yeah, very quickly, it's down to Michael Wilson as the uh, the only guy that's really going to be there next season. Yeah, I think helps on the way, though, if they keep that 103. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Well, Trey McBride, we sort of touched on him earlier. He's had just an incredible run the last few weeks, almost out of nowhere. Should we really be surprised at this? He was very highly rated last year. Yeah, I mean, he was the Mackey Award winner when he was um, in college and very highly rated when he came out. He just had a quiet year when he first came in and Zach Ertz was there. But this was always on the cards. I mean, I like Trey McBride. I've got him in a few leagues and... It's just nice to see it come through finally, isn't it, for a tight end? I think this is his second season, is it? And I think the sky is mm. the sky is looking uh, like the limit for McBride at the moment. Yeah, the crazy thing is, the first five six weeks he did absolutely nothing, and then he's just blown up, isn't he? And last few weeks, nine, nine, seven, nine, five, fourteen, and six targets. It's uh, he's just getting away on volume. The only thing I would say, this won't carry on, but it's not sustainable at all because he's getting all the targets, which won't happen forever obviously Michael Wilson's out Hollywood Brown's banged up not really doing what he should do and yeah fair play to McBride he's getting away with it and doing really well but again similar to what we said about Tank Dell earlier people are elevating Trey McBride I've seen him being put in like top five lists and stuff at tight end and I think keep trade cut has got a lot to answer for because it's not necessarily an accurate reflection of the market but yeah like every player if his value goes up to a certain point move on yeah, I mean, it's all about price and, and and values, isn't it, at the moment with Trey McBride? It is, and one of our boys, Elijah Higgins, is starting to get a bit more work the last couple of weeks, in fairness. And uh, obviously they released Zach Ertz, and surprised he's not been picked up by someone yet, to be honest. I thought he would do, but Elijah Higgins is getting the volume turn up a little bit. He's had two targets for the last few weeks, um, every week. So, yeah, not quite victory lapping Elijah Higgins yet, but there's definitely a role that's being carved out there. Yeah, I think he's one to keep an eye on and just see if he starts to produce any more during the end of the season and he may be one to pick up for next year as well, maybe. 
Yeah, potentially, because if they've not got much in the receiving room, which we don't think they are going to, unless they draft someone, but they might try out two tight receivers, two tight end sets, and suddenly Higgins is that second option in the tight end room. So, yeah, something to keep an eye on. Yeah, not much more to say on this game, so let's uh, let's head over to Tennessee, which was quite a good game, actually, wasn't it? It really was. It really was, and a few guys that potentially we'd written off have uh, sort of come back a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I mean, talk to me about, about... Let's start with Billy Jones, Will Levis. Yeah, he played quite well, to be fair. I mean, um, <laughs> did you see him chase down his own fumble? I did. And do you know what? It was a bit chaotic, but I thought that's quite intelligent of him to read that and react that quickly, and that was good, I thought. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about him long term, but he has got an absolute cannon of an arm, hasn't he? He has, and it's so hard to, to make much sort of many conclusions from him because the line is like nothing else I've ever seen. Yeah. The line is so bad, he's getting the shit kicked out of him every play and that's not sustainable. But with an arm he's always gonna have opportunities and yeah, I think he's potentially got one of the bigger arms in the league. He's up there with the Justin Herberts and I don't know. I don't know who else would have a bigger arm than him. Yeah, it's Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Mahomes, those kind of guys. He's got that sort of arm talent, hasn't he? I mean he just it's just a flick of the wrist and it's going miles, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And did you see that one play where he he got absolutely clattered through the air and he spun round, he lands on his ass, and he then like does a little hand gesture to play forward. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. Incredible. He got smashed about. See another one, he was trapping off with DeAndre Hopkins on the sideline. Hopkins started kicking off and he, he proper went at him. And I thought, you know, for a rookie that's just come into the side, arguing with a Hall of Fame receiver potentially, I thought that was quite quite bold of him but I liked it yeah you like that kind of shtick don't you yeah basically I like dickheads I don't know what that says about me but, um, but I quite liked it because Hopkins is a bit of a diva and he's trapping off and and Levis was sort of telling him where he needs to run which you know given that Hopkins has been in the league 10 years plus uh, I quite like that to be honest you got any interest in Bill Jeans moving forward I have I, just purely on the upside I'm happy to chase upside if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out um, but I am actually. I did it last year with Sam Howe and um, picked him up in a couple early. And I just don't know what the price is on on Levis though, really, because people have probably drafted him in the late first, maybe early second, if he fell a little bit. But I don't know what the price is going to be. What do you reckon? I still think he's a first. Any superflex quarterback that's got a future is a, is a starting first, isn't it? Yeah, and I think if it's a late first, if I know it's the one eleven, one twelve, I'd pay it, and I wouldn't think too much of it. If it's a first that could be the one seven, I wouldn't be that comfortable. I'd rather sort of roll the dice, possibly. Yeah, I get, I get what you mean with that. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure either way on him. The, he's got a cannon of an, a cannon of an arm, but I don't know if he's got much else. Um, I don't know. I think we need to see a bit more from him next year with a stable line and with the offense and. And see how he gets on there. But yeah, I think he's one to, to wait and see on, I think, Levis. There's something there, but it, it might not be much. But um, yeah, anyway, on to the running backs. Derek Henry, what did you make of him? Yeah, he did look really good. Looked like the old Derek Henry, didn't he? He came clattering in a couple of touchdowns over 100 yards. And yeah, nobody likes Derek Henry in Dynasty because of his age and you expect him to fall off. But again, he could just be a bit of a league winner, couldn't he? Because he was excellent on the day. Yeah, I mean... In the right game script, he's uh, he's really good. And the Colts' run defense isn't great, and um, he got off to a really good start, Omri. And then he had to leave the game with a, I think there was a suspected concussion. But 
Vrabel came out this week and said it wasn't concussion, so I'm not sure why he left the game. But TyJ Spears come in and carried the load, didn't he, for uh, for the second half of the game? Yeah, I really like TyJ Spears. We spoke quite a lot about him. He's just so fun. He's so bursty. And I think the chances are very high that he could be the starting running back there next season because they shouldn't keep hold of Henri. I think he needs to go and play for an actual side, doesn't he? Even if it's just for a year and maybe try and get himself a ring. So... Yeah, it's really nice to see Spears coming in because I think uh, the Valley's definitely looking up for him. I mean, could you imagine Henri with the Eagles and that line? Jesus, don't. I've got Swift in a few, so I need him to get a bag first, really. But <laughs> yeah, it just as you said, it just goes to show, doesn't it? If he goes to a competitor like the Eagles, what what happens in Dynasty? I don't think his value is going to go up just because of his age, but suddenly he becomes much more usable. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know where he could end up. I don't think it's something the Eagles would do because is he a free agent on Reed this year or is he still in contract? I think he's still in contract, but it's just a case of whether they want to get out of the contract. Yeah, they might cut him, mightn't they, if the salary is too big because I don't think they're going to want to be paying a running back. No, and they shouldn't given the state of him. So, but yeah, I mean, Hopkins, after trapping off at um, Billy Jeans, he ends up getting his touchdown. It was quite nice as well. So, He's been fine, Hopkins. We still think the move was a bit bit of a weird one from him. and He sort of has to just take that. If you go and join the Titans, it's like trapping off at the, the, the rookie quarterback. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, there's not much else in this uh, receiver room, but Chigo Conquo's kind of picked up the last few weeks. I don't know if this strictly down to Bill Jeans, but he's um, he's picked up the last few weeks, hasn't he? He has, but I, I think the box score he has and stuff. But I, I, I worry about Conquo. I think he looks a bit stupid when he plays. He sort of makes really, <laughs> makes wrong decisions, and he's just—I don't think he knows where he needs to stand a lot of the time. He's—he's he's quite a—he's very inexperienced. Tiny. He's not the biggest. He's more of a sort of big move wide receiver, isn't he? But I don't know. I like him. I've got him in a couple of leagues. But when I watch him play, I just think he's a bit of an idiot. This is because we saw him in person at Wembley, though, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, once your reputation is tarnished with me, once you cross cross me once, I'm done with him. So <laughs> yeah, he's a bit, he's a bit frustrating, but um. Yeah, I think the Titans just got to wait and see next season, haven't you? They need to get that line right, whether Hopkins is going to be there or, or whatever. They need to do something. But Traylon Burks, he's had a headache for about seven weeks and he was active, but played a couple of snaps and that was it. Yeah, this is very weird, isn't it? Was it like four weeks with a concussion and they eased him back in? Why are you easing him back in if he's been out for four weeks with a concussion? You just, that yeah, it's a bit of a worry, not- isn't it? It is. I mean, to miss a month with a concussion and then have your snaps managed to the point you play 12% of the snaps, it's really quite worrying. And obviously, firstly, hope he's all right. But from a dynasty perspective, his he's value is tanking massively to the point that you could probably get him for very cheap now. This is a guy that probably went in the first round and you might even be able to get him for a third because I think people hate him. Yeah, I mean, in the, uh, the pre-combine rookie draft we did, I think he went at 101, didn't he? He did. I think it was our, our boy kick ass, wasn't it? No, no, it was Luca. Was it Luca? Yeah, Luca picked him up. Um, I don't know. I've got him in a couple, but it is worrying. He's done absolutely nothing. He's very soft. He's been out for five or six weeks with a headache. W- would you take the gamble on him now, or are you just completely staying away? Uh, I wouldn't be buying him, but on the rosters that I've got him, I'm just going to be keeping him and hoping that he, uh, he does something. But um, yeah, I wouldn't be trading for him right now. Yeah, I'm the same, really. I don't, I don't even know if I'd want to pay a third, unless I knew it was a late third. Uh, late third, I'm happy just to gamble on pretty much anyone, but early third, potentially a late second, I don't think I would. Yeah, speaking of early thirds, would you have paid that for Gardner Minshew? 
I would have done if I needed a starting quarterback because he's been he's been fine, hasn't he? Really, do you see him in the in the locker room after dancing around? He's a bit of a knob, to be honest with you. But I, I've always quite liked Gardner Minshew, the old Minshew mania, and he's good fun. I mean, he's just he's chaotic when you watch him, isn't he? You don't know what's coming next, and sometimes he runs one in, and sometimes he gets clattered, and sometimes he throws up balls on a prayer, and sometimes he throws some lovely passes, but you, you just don't know what you're going to get from him, do you? No, you really don't. And Alec Pierce was a guy in the in the preseason or the off season. Sorry, I sort of touted as a bit of a buy low, and this was why. I mean, he goes for a hundred yards and a touchdown. This is what I thought he could do, and obviously he's not done it this season consistently at all. But this is what I thought his ceiling could be. Very good deep threat in Cincinnati when he was uh, in college, and Minshew just unlocked him for this game, and he was actually quite good. He just kept getting open, didn't he? And yeah, I don't think he'll keep it up. And Josh Towns has taken a bit of a backseat in this game. But, uh, yeah, he's definitely unlocked a few of the weapons, Gardner Minshew. Yeah, he's rapid, isn't he, Pierce? And I think he got over the top for that touchdown, didn't he? Yeah, he really did. And talk about our boy, Mickey Pittman. I mean, 16 targets, 11 receptions for 105 yards and a touchdown. And you were trying to get him from me, was it last week, I think? Yeah, I was going to say on here now, I tried to buy him from you in the uh, in the B-Well League, but you were... Uh... You wasn't budging, and it was. I thought it was quite a good deal, actually. Fairly, fairly good price. But I understood your reasoning for why you wanted to keep him. To be fair, come what it was. Was it Jaden Reed a first, and what was it now? It was George Pickens, uh, twenty-four first, and Tucker Craft. It was. I mean, Tucker Craft is a bit of a wash, but you know it's tight and premium. So Pickens in a, a first for Pittman. I don't think it was terrible, but my issue in that league is that my my roster's all right. Um, I'm decent at running back. I've got a couple of quarterbacks now. But my wide receivers have been so average, and it's just killed me because the rest of the league's quite strong. And if I sell Mickey Pittman, I've just extended my rebuild for a while. So that was the reason behind it. It was a good deal from you. I just couldn't quite do it. I think um, I think I'm going to get number five in the league and get in the playoffs. And I think if I got Pittman from you, I think I could win that league because I've got a really good side and I've got JJ coming back as well. Increase your offer then, pal. I'm not, it's not charity we're running over it. <laughs> I didn't know if the deal was completely off or, or whether you needed more. I don't know. but um... I, I, I don't know. I don't even think it's a question of, of needing more, really. It's needing the right player. Because, yeah, I mean, my wide receivers in that league, I think I've got Mick Pittman, Drake London, Christian Watson, those sort of lads. They're all quite good, but none of them are a proper top, top guy, you know. So if I sell Pittman, suddenly I'm starting Drake London and trail on Burks and George Pickens and Pickens obviously yeah <laughs> so uh, I don't know it's not completely dead maybe we might fire something up because I've also got Josh Downs as well so that's why I was potentially looking to sell Pittman so we'll see we've done quite a few deals over the years though me and you yeah we have done quite a lot of deals and I think a couple of years ago you said that um, most of your deals are with me so uh, maybe that's the Essex uh, the Essex trading Exactly. I don't know where Amrit lives. Is Amrit in Essex? Because some of the deals he sends me disgusting. <laughs> I think he does them for banter a lot of the time. And uh, yeah, it gets to a few people sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah, but I think he knows, though, because most of my counters, I ask for his entire team and <laughs> all that sort of stuff. It's all good fun. I'd much rather get a shit offer than no offer. So, exactly. You know, and do you know what? At least you're getting counters as well. I mean,. I've seen quite a few trades this week with no counters and nothing winds me up more. So, um, yeah. <laughs> you get really irritated by the lack of counters, don't yeah, you? Yeah, just, no, I'm, I'm just going to do that to the same people that do it to me now. I'm just not going to bother. <laughs> Good. Well, uh, 
Are we done on this? There's not much to talk about in the, in the running back room other than obviously Jonathan Taylor is out for the next few weeks and, and Zach Moss is going to step in. Previously was excellent in Taylor's absence, but didn't didn't do much really. Wasn't that efficient, was it? He gets incredible volume, but I mean, it's tough to run on that Titans defense, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I, I think he, he might be all right. I'm just checking who they've got down the stretch and they've got got the Bengals, Pittsburgh and the Falcons. So, yeah, I don't know. The Falcons are slightly decent run defense and I don't know. He might be worth a pick up Zach Moss, but Taylor's a massive loss. He's frustrating, Jonathan Taylor, because he's missed most of this season, like on and off. Missed a lot of time last season. He's really annoying to own. They reckon maybe week 15 that he comes back, Taylor. I don't know, though. Are you going to rely on him? Can you chuck him straight in your lineup? I, I never like players coming back in the playoffs and you have to chuck them straight in because. All it takes is a knock and they're out again. So well, you always want to give them a week to see. Yeah, all he hurt was his finger now, wasn't it? Or something stupid? Oh, I've had enough. <laughs> I've, I've really had a gut full of this season. It's really wound me up more than usual. Yeah, we need to get this season done now. I, don't, I said to you earlier today, I, I've got so many good sides in playoff contention and I know that they're all going to let me down and I've already had enough of it. Yeah, it's frustrating. But do you know what? We're in 20 plus leagues each. I, mean, I think you're in slightly more than me because I drew a line, but... Realistically, if you win one, you're doing well because it is really it's hard to win a league, isn't it? If you come out in 20 leagues and you've won one league, I think that's not a bad conversion rate. It's really tough. I mean, I'm in contention in about 16 of them, and it's like I know that I'm probably going to lose in the majority of them, and it just winds me up because you know we put quite a lot into it, and the process is there, and the sides are good, and it's just you know I'm going to be let down along the way, and it's going to be annoying. Yeah, I mean, 16 sides in the playoffs, you might, you know, eight might survive week one, then you're down to four, and suddenly you've got two finals and you lose one. It's just the way it goes, isn't it, really? But, um, yeah, one of my best sides, the Edelman, the Edelman League that we've got, I was in the final last year. I lost because of Damar Hamlin and the, the way we ended up resolving those leagues, and I've not even made the playoffs this year, so I was absolutely raging. You must be double uh, double annoyed at Damar Hamlin. Yeah, I really am, to be honest. I, I'm believing the conspiracies that he actually died. It's like a, a, a clone, some sort of some sort of twin brother nudge, because uh, that's the only explanation for, for my loss. Let's head to uh, um, let's head to Washington and, and get out of this Tennessee game. Yeah, let's get out of here. So uh, yeah, down down in Washington, the Dolphins forty five, Washington fourteen, uh, fifteen. I mean, we can probably go through this fairly quickly because it's just Tyree Kill is a joke. You, what can you do? I think if there was a proper MVP award that was whoever is the best player or the most valuable player, it is Tyreek Hill, I think. Do you mean discarding his uh, questionable um, personal life? What, that he batters women and kids? I mean, that's, uh, that, that, that will do it, won't it? It's, uh, yeah, maybe you should rethink the MVP award. But um, aside from beating up children he's not bad is he yeah he's um, he's ridiculous And uh, do you think he's in with a chance of 2000 or not I don't know what is he on now uh, I think he's on 1481 so he I think needs, he could do it couldn't he what's, how many games he's got left so he's got three four weeks left yeah he could do it yeah he's, he's got five games left yeah and he needs um, 520 so he's 100 plus yards a week Bear in mind, he might not play Week 18. I reckon if he's close to the 2,000 yards, he will want to play in Week 18. Do you know what? He could do the 2,000, couldn't he? He really could. He really could. 
and I think if he's close, he might play week eighteen and do it. Do you know what this this does also speak to to Tua Tiger Valera as well, though, doesn't it? I mean, people thought that he would be dead without Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, he's been incredible uh, to us. Uh, I listened to a podcast earlier, and they were criticising Tua because he doesn't rush enough. <laughs> who cares? Honestly, who cares? I mean, I love watching Tua when he's um, when he's he's firing and he's on form. He's processing. He's so quickly. His footwork's really good. He he processes his reads so quickly, doesn't he? He's one, two, three, bang. He's really, really good. His, his deep ball's got better as well. He threw a lovely one to... Did you see the hard knocks clip when Hill um, kind of had a go at him that he had to flip the shoulder that he was catching the ball and then they showed him back on the uh, on the tablet on the side and he, come, he went up to two and he went, my bad, my bad. That was perfect, that throw. He was... Um, yeah, he was quite uh, in praise of Tua for the throw. I didn't see that actually. No, it's quite good to hear. Yeah, he, um, so he, he went over. He had to switch shoulder that he was catching the ball over, and he kind of said to Tua after the pass, "What are you doing, making me switch?" But um, they got on the side, and the OC showed him it on the tablet, and he's like, "Oh, that's actually a perfect ball. I'll take it back. I'm sorry." Oh, decent. Yeah. Well, he's just a, he's a bit of a joke, and he could get two thousand yards. And Jalen Waddles had a bit of a bit of an up well up and down season mostly down really in terms of what you've had to pay because he's not been fantastic has he I've been disappointed with Jalen Waddle this year I mean I was all on it all, all in on Jalen Waddle at the start of the season I really expected a big year from him but um yeah I got him big in a couple and it's not really been worth the outlay at the moment I mean his top score this year is, is 25 points isn't it and he's only done that once he's only been over 20 once and you expect better from Jalen Waddle for that don't you yeah, you really do, and it's tough because I don't think his value in terms of trade has changed that much. If you're a Waddle owner, you're not just going to suddenly sell him low. It's very easy to say, oh, buy low, but his price hasn't changed, has it? He's still going to cost you a first and a bit, first and a half, two firsts, that sort of range. Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons I tend to buy these young receivers quite high is because they do maintain their value because you know people will always buy the young elite receivers, won't they? Yeah, they will. And, you know, I suppose if you can get him and move him for a, a win now piece, like if you're a, a side that's not in contention and you've got Keenan Allen, probably it doesn't happen because you probably are in contention because of him. But if you can move a Keenan Allen or a Mike Evans and switch over to Waddle, that's the deal you should be should be looking at, really. But, um, yeah, it's, it's not been the great ride for Waddle this year. What about the running backs? Nice return from Devon A. Chain today, uh, this week, wasn't it? It was, and I didn't start him to be honest with you because I started him when he came back from his last injury and obviously let, let us down a bit but goes off gets a couple of touchdowns and he's just going to be special isn't he and I still am happy to move him I think just because looking at what's happened with Tank Dell and A-chan's missed all this time I still don't really like him that much or trust him and I think the value's getting so high now you need to start exploring trade options really don't you? Yeah to be fair a fair bit of this work was in garbage time when the game was gone and he got a touchdown late as well so most of the kind of the early damage and then A-chan come in and, and did a bit and then obviously did some in garbage time later on so this is not the game to judge him on but yeah I mean he looks great when he's on the ball in space and nobody can get near him can they? Yeah, exactly that. He's he's very fun. He's going to be great to watch. But um, I mean, I picked him up. I think late first in a couple of leagues, and I was offered yesterday twenty five first and a twenty five second, and I rejected it immediately because I'm not waiting two years for a pick. And I never like selling players just for picks if I can get away with it because you have to hit on those picks, don't you, to make it worth it? And I just don't like doing that. I'd much rather get an injured player that's going to come back and 
and the picks or something like that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just a quick word from me on the uh, the Dolphins tight end room. Deepest of deepest of deepest sleepers in Julian Hill from a few weeks ago. Finally got some work. Your victory lap in two catches, mate. I respect it, to be fair. Lace up those ASICs and get out your front door. <laughs> two, catches, two catches for 23 yards, 4.3 points. I'm taking it. Do you know what? Me, with, with victory lap, Elijah Higgins and... Uh, is it Julian Hill? Yeah, Julian Hill. But between them, three catches for about 30 yards. So we're lacing up the ASICs and getting out the front door. So... <laughs> Yeah, we'll take it what we can. Yeah, I'm definitely taking it. Let's uh, let's talk about the commanders. Yeah, commanders. I mean, Sam Howell, he ran a really nice touchdown, and I don't know if you saw it. He's we've said a few times, and I think you've dropped it in the group. He's like Baker Mayfield, but just a bit better. I think he's a bit more mobile than Baker, and he can move a bit. And he ran a nice touchdown in. Wasn't that efficient through the air, but I, I do like him. I like him a lot, actually. I like him as well. He's like Baker, but not a dick and more athletic. So, um, yeah, I quite like him. He's fun to watch. Someone said on a podcast I listened to this week, when does he turn from fun to good? Or what's the line between fun and good? Is he good or is he just fun? You know, there's a there's a fine line, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. That, that, I mean, that's the issue because he's a fifth-round pick. He's got no real security in his job. And I, I suppose the one to look out for really is that Eric Bieniemy is the coordinator. It's not quite been as great as we thought it would be, but maybe some of the efficiencies down to him. But um, he's been linked with your job, hasn't he, Eric Bieniemy? And I suppose if if the the coordinator moves and it's a new regime there, they could be looking to install a new quarterback. So I don't know. It's still not completely safe, is it? But for now, I, I do really like him. Yeah, I'd like to see them roll with Hal, but that's because I quite like Hal. But I mean, I think there's a new regime there. Depending on who they bring in, I think anything's in play, isn't it, with a new regime? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, the rest of the team, you know, how's running about and running touchdowns in and all that sort of stuff and let down by some lads, really. Jahan Dotson has been dreadful this season, like absolutely dreadful. He's, I think he's had a one or two decent games and just looking out his week eight against Philadelphia, he went for nearly 25 points. But other than that, he's just not even been startable, which is such a shame. And obviously Terry McLaurin, Put up a massive goose egg this week, zero points um, off a of free target. So, yeah, a bit of a shame, really. I don't think I've ever seen McLaurin go for zero. He normally has a floor, doesn't he? Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think he ever has. I've never seen it before either. Yeah, a um, bit of a strange one. But um, an injury in the running back room, Brian Robinson. So Antonio Gibson got the bulk of the work, didn't he? It was. I think it was a hamstring, weren't it, for, for Robinson? So I don't think we've heard anything yet about how long that's going to keep him out for. But yeah, one of our old mates, Gibson, got a bit of work. You know, shooting the lights out with 10 points. But wonder what's going to happen with him. He's out of contract. They're not going to keep him on. Um, I just don't know where he goes to get another job because he's not going to be the lead guy. Likely just ends up in a committee. You've just got to hope for the best, haven't you, really? Should we link him with the Chiefs? That's exactly what I was about to do. <laughs> of course we were. Anyone who's half decent who can catch a ball gets linked there, don't they? So, yeah, um... Gibson at the Chiefs and we'll sell him yeah um, what about the uh, tight end room Logan Thomas he just got a two point conversion that was his day done yeah it's a shame really he's a a bit of a favourite of the pod we've got loads of favourites haven't we and I don't know started off early in the season we were quite pleased with Logan Thomas but he's been very inefficient the last few weeks and yeah it's not quite happening for him at the moment yeah I'm done with this game the same way the commander's defence was done with the game yeah, agree. Let's move on because we're a uh, proper rinsing the time on some crap games this week, aren't we? But um, 
Yeah, take us down to Tampa Bay. Yeah, Tampa Bay with the guns. Uh, so uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 21, the Carolina Panthers 18. I actually thought the Panthers might steal this one because um, new coach uh, bounce, you know, thought they might break it off, but it wasn't to be. Bryce Young 15 from 31 for 178 yards. Really costly interception near the end. Um, really annoying, really, as he'd actually played quite well and... As usual with him, he plays well and then he, he'll either ruin it or, or something happens to ruin it. But yeah, not great interception at the end when he, they needed a two-minute drive to win the game, didn't they? Yeah, it was such a shame and I just really felt for him because I think he just needs something to get the sort of get the monkey off the back type stuff and he's getting so much grief and everyone's slagging him off. I just wanted to see the young lad do it. But yeah, it wasn't to be, was it? Such a shame. Yeah, nice game from Tuba Hubbard, 25 for 104 and two touchdowns. He looked pretty bursty as well, didn't he? He looks really good. And I'll tell you, he looks big as well. Mm. You know, he, he really looks good. And Sanders has just been nothing. I mean, eight carries to 23 yards. He got the bag and has been dreadful this season. And Hubbard's definitely the lead guy. I've got him in, in our um, Edu Barbecue League. And I'm rebuilding there. And nobody's interested. Can't even get a third for him. And uh, he's been... Clearly the lead back there. He scored 20 points in the last two weeks. To be honest, I wouldn't sell him for a third now, to be honest. No, I wouldn't. And I can't even get a third. I, I think if they offered it, I'd reject it. So, I um, don't know what I'm playing at. Miles Sanders has been a massive disappointment now. I really like Miles Sanders. I, I really don't know what's happened there with that. It's a really strange one. Week one, he was all right. Week three, it looks like he was all right. The rest of it, he's barely playing over 40% of the snaps. He's just... Is he injured? Has he got a bad attitude? I just don't quite... Can't quite figure it out. Yeah, very weird. But onto the uh, wide receiver room. Adam Thielen seems to have died off a little bit, doesn't he? Yeah, as soon as I bought him, I bought him in um, a very deep league. I needed some help, and he's been dreadful ever since. So, a bit of a shame, really. I suppose he's nearly 34. What were we expecting? <sighs> yeah, I mean, this is all on you then, isn't it? Pretty much. Pretty much. I tell you, I've got no interest. He actually was all right this week um, from the box score. Six receptions for 69 yards. Jonathan Mingo, I just don't like anything about him. Yeah, no interest. I didn't have any interest in the uh, the whole draft process. I took one of him just in a league just so I could sell him. And I, I think I sold him within about three weeks of the draft because I didn't want him. But um, yeah, no interest then and no interest now. Yeah, he's garbage. I've got no interest in him at all. I think even if I can get him cheap, I'm not going to bother. Rubbish. Um, I mean, the Buccaneers, Baker, uh, he's been more likeable than he was in previous years we used to really hate him he's not been as much of a dick and he's largely been okay this season he wasn't great on the day though really was it just um vintage breaker really a little bit up and a little bit down and kind of a mixed game wasn't it he's completed half of his passes there's an interception in there there's a touchdown in there and 200 yards in there it's just very up and down and classic baker isn't it really is. I'll tell you, he's having a, a few down games as well. Chris Godwin, yeah. good lord. Yeah, he didn't even have a reception this week. The one that he, the touchdown that he got was actually an end around. He hasn't broke 10 points in the last six weeks. Yeah, that's really annoying because he's actually a really, really good player. So I think just Baker's really tuned into Mike Evans, isn't he? Yeah, he really is. And Mike Evans, 162 yards and a touchdown and he's gone over a thousand yards again. And you put it in the group, 10 years in a row of a thousand yards. That is incredible. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, I wasn't big on, you know, I don't, I wasn't sure if the record kind of propped him up a little bit. You know, the the thousand yard seasons a couple of years ago, I probably wouldn't have said he's won for the Hall of Fame. But I think ten years of of a thousand yards is is really, really impressive, consistent, and really, really good. And I think he probably deserves a place in the Hall of Fame, doesn't he? 
I think he does, just because we've not seen anything like that and consistency. And he's not always had elite quarterbacks. Baker's not elite. James Winston, very fun, but he wasn't elite. Um, obviously, Brady for a year or two. But he's just been so consistent. And he's another lad, actually, that I sold too soon. Um, didn't want to sort of lose all the value if it just completely fell off. And he's just been really consistent ever since. I mean, if you've got a wide receiver core of Mike Evans, Keenan Allen and Tyreek Hill, I think I've sold all of those in the last few years, worried about the, the sort of the fall off and you're absolutely winning the league. Yeah, he's another lesson for me. I think um, I had him in a couple and sold him and um, he was another one of my PCHDL title winning side that I sold off. And um, you yeah, know, a little bit of a lesson that these elite lads can go on a little bit longer now and you don't really need to get out so soon and just try and ride them if you've got a contending side, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Again, if you sold Mike Evans for a, an early second and you drafted, I don't know, some loser, Jonathan Mingo, you're very angry about it and you're never going to get that same production. So I'd much rather just lose him for free when he retires, to be honest. Yeah, not much else going on with the uh, the Buccaneers. I mean, Rashad White, what are you saying? The uh, 20 carries, 34 yards, he was more efficient this week and he uh, he got the touchdown as well. It's a really hard one to read because I liked him in the offseason. I've got him in loads of loads of leagues, actually. And he's not been that efficient, but he's been great through the air. And from a fantasy perspective, he's been excellent. I don't know if it's more that the, the running back you know, market is quite crap from a fantasy perspective. You know, none of the, the big lads have been hitting, have they? So running back five, he's excellent. <clears throat> I was offered a second for him today, a late second, and I was furious. That's nowhere near enough, is it? No, not at all. Yeah, I mean, that was in the Edelman League after I've just crashed out of the playoffs. And uh, I got offered a late second. I was I had to go for a walk to calm down. So, um, I don't know. Do you think he's going to put this up again next season? Because they're going to have to have a little bit of a rebuild at some point. And it makes sense for them just to, to ride the hot hand and keep him as the RB1. Yeah, they may draft a lad late or take an undrafted free agent. You know, the, the running backs, like you can normally get a decent one late. So, um just depends what they do for that running back position, doesn't it? But I think they've got a bit of a cap problem as well, haven't they, with some contracts there. So there's every chance he keeps that role, isn't there? Yeah, he's just so consistent. Looking back the last few weeks, every single week he's putting up you know, 19 points, 13, 18, 18, 28, 18, 16. It's incredible, really. It's, if you picked him up at value in the off-season, you, again, you're probably in your playoffs and you're probably competing for the title. The minute you buy him is when that run stops. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing at the moment. It seems to be the way. Marquise Brown, Phelan, they've all done it to me. <laughs> um, but let's move on to the next lad. Yeah, what a game this was in Philadelphia. So the San Francisco 49ers 42, the Philadelphia Eagles 19. And the San Francisco 49ers really taught them a lesson this week. And it's been coming a little bit for the Eagles. They've won games they shouldn't have won. And, and the, the 49ers just smashed them out of sight this week, didn't they? Yeah, they really did. And I, I really liked it as a Giants fan. Seeing the Eagles get smashed is great. And, you know, I think they needed it as well because they had this record that they were just smashing everyone and they turn up, they're all arrogant. And, yeah, got taught a bit of a footballing lesson by the 49ers. Yeah, Brock Purdy was, um, was really good. I mean, he doesn't, do a lot with the ball is this game manage it kind of thing but you can't argue with what he's doing 19 from 27 314 yards four touchdowns I mean two of those is Debo massively helping him with the yards there as well but can't argue with him at the minute can you you really can't you really can't and they've got to be up there as the favourites really haven't they for the Super Bowl yeah I think so I mean they're stacked aren't they I mean 
the only area you could possibly say they're a little bit short is at cornerback, but the linebackers are elite. You know, they've got a really good defensive line. They've got a good O-line. They run behind uh, Trent Richardson, don't they? All the, sorry, Trent Williams. Yeah. Sorry, Trent Williams. The left tackle is probably the best left tackle in the league, and they run down that left behind him. And There's not many weaknesses there, is there? No, I've got the best running back in the league. And I'll tell you what, I, I really like Ayuk. The, the, the talk will be about Devo Samuel to put up the massive box score. And I just love Ayuk. I, I just, I think, is he out of contract this season? Uh, I think it's next year, I think. Yeah, I don't think it's this season. So he, he came in 2020. So this is his fourth season, actually. When was he taken in the second round? He, he was a... He was a first-round pick. Oh, right. He was a first-round pick, so I can't remember if they picked up the, the fifth-year option, so whether they picked up the option or whether they're going to have to pay him. But either way, they've got a decision to make about whether they pay him, and I think they will, surely, to be honest with you. Surely they picked up his fifth-year option. They must have done. They must have done. Let me. Um, uh, yeah, they did, yeah. The 49ers picked up fifth-year option on Ayuk's contract, guaranteeing the 2020 first-round pick $14.1 million in 2024. Yeah, they pick up his fifth-year Nice. I mean, I love Ayuk. I think Debo's going to get all the plaudits because he gets the box score this week. But I just think Ayuk's one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league. I, I really like him. Yeah, a lot of the um, a lot of the analysts really, really like Ayuk as well. They think his game's really good and that he's technically a really, really good wide receiver. He's quick. He's strong. Uh, he's six foot. He's two hundred pounds. He's a really good size for it. He's just really good at the position, isn't he? Are you saying that I'm not an analyst? Analyst? Is that what you're saying? Well, you're just some lad from Braintree that works in uh, Costa Coffee, aren't you? That is a shame. That is a real shame. Um, but yeah, I- I'm a big fan of Ayuk, and uh, yeah, he's got his fifth year option, and analysts like him, but the Essex boys don't. Um, <laughs> we'll move on to, to Philadelphia because we need to slag him off a little bit. Um, the Tush Push is apparently going to be outlawed next season. Um, I don't know what I think of this. I think it's nonsense, but. You can't just outlaw things that some teams are good at. I mean, it's a safety thing, isn't it? They don't want people to get crushed and it risks people's necks and all that sort of stuff. But I don't think we should be banning stuff. Yeah, I hate the move. I hate them when they line up and do it, and I hate everything about it. But you can't ban it. Banning it is just stupid. But, I mean, the NFL's going to get NFL, aren't they? And they're going to ban all the stuff that people are upset about. And, yeah, banning it is stupid, but I don't like the play. No, I don't either. But um, but they didn't get much going on the ground here. DeAndre Swift has uh, not been that great, really. I think he's banged up a bit now as well. So, yeah, it's a bit frustrating. He's started off excellently swift, and he had some very good weeks. The last couple have not been fantastic for him. Yeah, they've they've not really got their running game going. They, um, they kind of try wide zone runs a lot, and it's not been working the last few weeks. I think teams have worked out to try and cut that out, but... Um, yeah, it's just something they've not got going the last few weeks and they've been throwing it a lot more. I mean, Devonta Smith, 9 from 11, for 96 yards on a touchdown. He was excellent, wasn't he? He really was excellent. And so was AJ Brown as well. I saw AJ Brown in his bright pink boots. You couldn't miss him on the field. But yeah, just didn't quite do enough to beat the uh, to beat the 49ers. I mean, in college, when you're going up against Ole Miss and you're playing against AJ Brown and DK Metcalf, how are you dealing with that? And I think I think Elijah Moore was there as well. Yeah, how do you deal with that? I, I think we'd manage it in fairness, wouldn't we? <laughs> me and cornerback <laughs> for the Essex Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's frightening, really. These lads, and uh, I don't know. I, I'm ple- I don't like to see the Eagles do well, but I am pleased for AJ Brown, really, because uh, he's a guy that 
I think we missed in the pre-draft process. Not missed, but we weren't sort of fully in on him. We had a bit of a phase where we didn't like big guys, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, the landing position wasn't great at the uh, the Titans either, was it? And I don't think people saw a role for him. But then that he was one of the kind of players that taught us take the talent, not the landing spot, wasn't he? That's exactly it. Yeah, we sort of swerved lads over landing spot and... That was part that factored into the JSN landing spot this year. People were worried about Jackson Smith and Jigba and landing in Seattle. He's behind DK Metcalf and behind Lockett. But we always said, sort of, you can't uh, worry about the landing spot. Chase the talent, and it's looking like it's coming to fruition now. Yeah, for sure. So um, definitely, uh, in your draft coming up, take the talent over the landing spot because talent will out in the end, won't it? Yeah, unless Jack Charbonnet lands in Seattle, because I'm still fuming about that. <laughs> Should we move down to uh, LA? Yeah, let's go for it. So the Cleveland Browns 19, the LA Rams 36. So nice win for the Rams. Uh, decent game from Stafford as well. He throws a lovely path still, doesn't he? He really does. He really does. And I'm forced to start him in a few because I've got a few injuries and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, he can still sling it about a little bit. And I'll tell you what, before we get into all the wide receivers, I just want to talk about Kyron Williams. He has been absolutely sensational. And I, I picked him up in the late first last year in our pre-combine draft and everyone laughed and it was a disastrous pick. I'll tell you what, looking like a genius pick now. <laughs> Maybe uh, Yates is looking okay as well because he had him at number one, didn't he? Uh, oh, he did. He had him over Brees Hall, didn't he, I think, at one point. <laughs> he, has been, um, he has been brilliant, though. I mean, when he come back from the ankle injury, McVeigh was like, we don't want to give him the volume that he had previously. And look at the volume he's had this week. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 21 carries on the ground. He's getting five targets through the air. He's been absolutely incredible. And there is no reason why he's not going to be the running back one next season. So I think in Dynasty, he's still got a decent bit of value because he's the man next season. And did you see the um, the pass protection? Yes, that's one of, his, um, that was one of his one of his strengths coming out of Notre Dame. I mean, they were really high on his pass protection there. Mate, did you see who he, who he smashed? No, who was it he smashed? He smashed Miles Garrett. Have you not seen this clip? I saw him in a pass-blocking clip, but I didn't realise it was Garrett. Yeah, I mean, in fairness, Garrett was engaged with the tackle. He was already being blocked by somebody. But Kyron Williams comes up and absolutely flattens him, pancakes Miles Garrett to the ground and just stands over him. I'm exaggerating it a bit, but he proper knocks him. It's really, really good. And he's not a huge running back, is he? What is he? 5'9", under 200 pounds, yeah. and he flattens Miles Garrett. This was one of the reasons why McVeigh really likes him in there is because he protects Stafford as well. Yeah, but I think also a bit of a lesson. We're a bit of nerds and we look at all the 40 times and agility drills and stuff. Kyron Williams was dreadful at the Combine. I think he ran a four six eight or something at his pro day or, or at the Combine. Then at the pro day, he didn't run again. He just stood on the four six run from the Combine and sort of tanked him didn't it people weren't interested and I think he dropped the fifth round in the NFL draft and I mean look at him he doesn't look like he plays slow his pass protection is excellent he's good in the air so it, it needs to form part of the process but you, you can't tank everyone over 40 times can you it, I mean it wasn't just me and you that dropped him because of his 40 time it was the whole NFL he went at pick 21 in the fifth round and just on his player profiler page you run a 4.65 which is in the uh, 31st percentile yeah, exactly. Doesn't look good, does it, at all? And, he runs quicker than yes. that, though, doesn't he? He looks bursty. It does, which makes me think, was he injured at the time of the combine? Did he not feel well? And all these things can factor into it. I mean, the combine, what people don't appreciate about or understand about the combine, 
they don't just sleep at home, get a lovely night's sleep, come in, run and go home. They stay in like barracks and stuff for a few days and they're not sleeping, they're interviewing all day, they don't get any rest and they're all knackered. So it's not entirely a true reflection of the ability. I suppose everyone's on the same playing field because they're all in the same situation, but it's not a true reflection, is it? It's not, no. I mean, we all look into it massively, the combine and the numbers that come out of it, but, you know, there are... There are examples of where that hasn't really mattered. I mean, Cooper Cup didn't run fast and he looks quick on the pitch and Jake Bobo won a 4.9 or a 5, whatever, and he doesn't look that slow. So playing time and, and Daniel Jeremiah said last year that teams are much more looking into the GPS numbers now than the combine and the combine's just there to put up a set of numbers, whereas they look into the GPS tracking as well. And I don't know, maybe that's part of it now for teams as well, isn't it? Yeah, things are always changing. It definitely needs to form part of the process. But, yeah, I think, if, annoyingly, I released Kyron Williams. In the Actor and Writer League, um, I released Kyron Williams in the off-season for nothing. And now he's probably going to cost you a first in that league. So, uh, yeah, lesson learned, I think, for everyone. Was that Chamber that picked him up as well? It was, yeah. Yeah, it was. So, um, yeah, you're welcome, Chamber. <laughs> and, yeah, on to another uh, fifth-rounder. Was Puka Nakur a fifth-rounder as well? He was, yeah, he was. He's been absolutely awesome. Not done he? bad in the fifth round, the Rams, have they? My word. Uh, Puka Nakura and Kyle Williams both in the fifth oh. round. I mean, Puka, some people still think he's a bit of a flash in the pan, but I just don't think he is. The way he plays, his attitude, his mentality, he's excellent. He's got an alpha size. He's very different to Cup, even though they're sort of trotting him out in a similar role. I, I really, really like him and... The only question I have is a little bit soft in that every single game he seems to be questionable. Every game. But then he goes again. I think that's just because he takes some massive hits because he runs a lot of his routes over the middle. I mean, his touchdown, um, his touchdown against the Browns was lovely. It was a lovely pass from Stafford and he's literally on a deep crosser, isn't he? And they're the sort of routes that you get hit on if you're not if you're not hitting stride with the ball, are you? You're getting smashed down the middle. But he, he managed to score a touchdown. He actually looked fast on that touchdown as well, didn't he? I mean, I know his 40 time wasn't great either, was it? Yeah, exactly that. And I think in Dynasty, he's, he's going up the values. And I was offered a first and a second today. And I don't think I'm taking it. Because they're late first and late seconds. And and actually, I've said a few times this season, if you're picking up Puka Nakua in the late first and you're getting this production, you'd be over the moon. So... I'm not just going to gamble it on a couple of picks. Um, he's available like everyone is, but I'm not just going to sell him for picks at this stage. I'm just riding it out. Yeah, I struggle to see kind of his value at the moment, but I, I definitely think he's probably around a first now, isn't he? Easily, yeah. Because, I mean, it's a very deep wide receiver class from what we've seen. But I don't know. If, if you get the, the 111 and you take the wide receiver six in this class and they put up 25 points a week, how likely is that? Yeah. Not very. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I'm um, just to go back on him on his player profile. He ran a four six two forty. So that's not actually too bad for a wide receiver. Six foot two, two hundred and ten pounds. I think that's a really good all round profile, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And you know, we could talk about him all day, but I suppose we've, we've got a few more games to talk about. Cooper Cup, not quite a get right game for him, but he was uh, definitely a lot better, wasn't he? And gets a touchdown, which sort of saved his fantasy score. Yeah, I think he's still a little bit banged up on that ankle. So, yeah, as you say, a little bit of a get right game and, and get back into the swing of things, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Not much else to talk about here, really. I mean, De- Demarcus Robinson got a little bit of work and you know, the touchdown boosted his fantasy score. 
nothing else really in the tight end room. Higby's just not been what we hoped he would be, really. He's, uh, he's had a couple of games, but, yeah, can't really rely on him. Talk to me about Joe Cole. Joe Cole? Joey Cole Flacco, he talked Yeah. About. Oh, I didn't know who it was. That was a... Should, should guess it, really. But, um, do you know what? He was really good. I was quite impressed with him, really. And I've read... Again, I'll, I'll make up a stat again, like I always do. Um, he's the first Browns quarterback in the last five years to throw, I think, 10 passes over 20 yards in one game. Yeah, he was lobbing it about, wasn't he? Yeah. They haven't had a quarterback that's done it in the last five years. I mean, he really was luzzing it about, and he had a connection with Elijah Moore. They knew each other from the Jets, obviously, and just really peppered in on him, didn't he? Because Cooper, I think, left the game um, with an injury, and Elijah Moore got 12 targets. So, um, yeah, Dorian thompson Robinson's still in the con- not in the concussion protocol. I think he's out of it now, but... I think they're going to start Flacco, and I don't really blame them. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, from what you've seen from Flacco, you'd leave him in, wouldn't you, really? I, I mean, it's tough on DTR, but Flacco kind of made him a, service, a bit more serviceable, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He's an experienced veteran. He's not going to have the, the mobility, really, but he's, they've got some decent weapons. Elijah Moore, if Cooper's fit, Tillman needs to get a bit more work, and he got six targets, and yeah, he could open him up a little bit, so... Yeah, I'm sure Cam Newton is absolutely raging, but um, yeah, it was not bad from Joey. Nice uh, touchdown from Jerome Ford as well on the wheel route round the uh, round the back, wasn't it? Nice touchdown. He's uh, he's been really really good, Jerome Ford. We said quite a few times, haven't we? And uh, I think he's going to have a role next season because I don't think Chubb's going to hit the ground running from week one with that injury. So yeah, some of the, this has been the weirdest running back season I've known in fantasy, isn't it? Yeah, really weird. I mean, Daryl Henderson come back for three weeks and was and was viable for the Rams. And you're getting guys come out of the blue, Demarcado and all sorts coming out of the blue, aren't you? I mean, it happens every year and we shouldn't be surprised, but you really do need to keep your eye out for players that come through for that running back's position, don't you? Yeah, you really do. And I think the lesson I've learned is not to cut them after as well, sort of let it ride out a little bit further. Because Kyron Williams, I, I cut needlessly really an actor and writer league it's a very deep bench I shouldn't have done that and that's obviously cost me a little bit now so yeah there's a few running backs that I think you just need to ride out a bit Kendra Miller's one that I think some people will get annoyed and they will cut him uh, off their off their taxi roster in the offices and I think people will do that because he's offered nothing and if that happens swoop in and pick him up yeah I agree he's definitely one that I'm looking at on rebuilding sides but um not much else to talk about from this uh, Browns uh, room, really, is there tight end. Hunter Bryan got the work instead of Njoku, which was a bit of a surprise, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And I suppose with the switch in the new quarterback, you never know who they're going to focus on. So, Flacco um, <laughs> focused on the, the white guy. Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> allegedly. Can we put allegedly in it? Allegedly, yeah. We don't want that. the adjust your rank, lads, uh, getting sued. But I know a good lawyer if you need one. <laughs> Let's head to Green Bay. What a win for the Packers. 27, Packers 27, Chiefs 19. Jordan Love has been so good the last few weeks. And another regret, we, we like to run victory laps, but hold my hands up. I moved off of Jordan Love to Kenny Pickett, and I think I paid for the pleasure to do it as well. And I look a bit silly now because he's been really, really good. And he's put up something like eight touchdowns in his last three games. Yeah, he looks like he's finally found his confidence. I mean... He's got a nice arm as well, and he just looks in full control, doesn't he? He really does, and with no Aaron Jones, there was nothing in the running back room. Dylan's been crap. He's getting loads of volume, but he's just not doing much with it. Um, he's getting a lot out of these young receivers, though, isn't he? Watson, a couple of touchdowns, and you know, I, I like the room. We've said they need some experience, but 
he's doing, he's elevating the lads, and that's all you can really ask of a young quarterback. Yeah, I was listening to some podcasts this week, and they were kind of saying that he's elevating all those young receivers, and that's all you can ask from from the from the quarterback right now. I mean, really good game from Christian Watson, but then he gets the injury again, doesn't he? What is going on with Christian Watson? So the upside is so big. We've seen it in this game. He's gone for seventy-one yards and a couple of touchdowns, and then he's out injured again, and it's a hamstring issue. This stage of the season, that's quite costly because uh, you know. Are they going to trot him out again? It's always a hamstring issue with Watson. I think he's had it previously this year as well. And he had hamstring issues last year. And sometimes with these guys that have got that that blister in pace, they sometimes have hamstring issues, don't they? Yeah, they do. I mean, it's, it's a shame, really, because I do really like the upside. But the longer this goes on, it does tank his value because that is the concern at the moment. He just can't stay healthy and... You know, they've got some other decent lads in the, in the building. So Dubes is a guy that, he's, he's just the guy, but he's doing well this season, I suppose. But Dontavian Wicks, I, I really like him, and I know you do too. For what he was costing in the offseason, he was going in the fifth round or undrafted, and he's shown that he's, he's a really good chain mover, and he's going to have a role. How valuable is the wide receiver, three or four in this offense? Who knows, but... He's quite a nice guy just to have at the bottom of your roster, I think. Yeah, he's a good one to have. He's just going to be a possession receiver, isn't he? And put up decent volume and decent points. And I think he's going to have a role there for sure, isn't he? He is. I mean, a bit of a down week for Jaden Reed. Actually, I started him in uh, in our home redraft league. And yeah, only pulls up five and a half points, which is uh, a bit disappointing. But he's been fairly consistent otherwise. Yeah, I've been starting him every week in our, in our Be Well league. And he'd been putting up some uh, some good points. Let me just check what his points were in the last few weeks. So Jaden Reed previously to this week. Uh, so from week 10, 18, 19, 15, and then the five this week. So yeah, this was a bit of a down week. But he was previously above 15 points in the last three weeks. Yeah, exactly. This was just a Christian Watson week, wasn't it? And another week, a couple of those touches and a ca- uh, catches and a touchdown go to Jalen Reed. So, yeah, nothing to worry about. I don't think there's too much else going on for the Packers. It was just a very good win. The tight end room, Craft uh, got a lot of the work, but um, doesn't get the touchdown. Ben Sims comes in and pinches the touchdown. Yeah, I mean, we know loads of players and we're nerds about all these rosters. I have never even heard of Ben Sims. I mean, Ben. I've never heard of it. Just Ben as well. It's just a very strange name. Um, yeah, you usually expect Brock or something, not Ben. So, yeah, for me, that was a bit of a surprise. What about the uh, the Chiefs? Is this a worry? I don't know. We've been a bit worried about Mahomes and his sort of ceiling, really, because they're just not very good, are they? If Kelsey's not on the ball, which he's not been the last couple of weeks, they've not really got many other options. Yeah, a bit of a worry for Mahomes. I mean, look at the receivers. You're getting Rice with a lot of volume. But other than that, I mean, it's Valdez Scantling with a couple of receptions. Richie James, Sky Moore, Tony. There's no real alpha there, is there? I mean, Rice is doing okay and he's getting volume. But they've got no one that really stands out, have they? No, and Rice, do you know what? I, I didn't like Rice that much in the process. And I paid a first last week and raised a few eyebrows I think and the reason I did it we've got the poaching rules and it cost me my first to sort of poach him off of somebody's taxi squad our mate Craig I mean I'm possibly the favourite in that league I'm sort of going to get the one seed hopefully and in theory that's the 112 for Rashi Rice and I just needed some some depth and I've taken a gamble on the upside that that he's Mahomes wide receiver one for the next few years and looking at the rest of that room it's obvious why the rest of the room is garbage and 
you know, nine targets, I think says it all. He is the only possible alpha in that room. What about if they uh, sign T Higgins in free agency? Well, do you know what? He's never fit anyway, so it doesn't bother me. You need to shut your mouth about T Higgins. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bored. I hate so many players at the moment, but um, it's not impossible. They they're obviously going to need to sign someone because they need something else across from from Rashi Rice. And but yeah, for now I, just, I liked what I saw last week from Rice, and then he follows up this week and he was solid again. Loads of volume. Um, I've taken a bit of a gamble, but I've said a few times if you pay the late first and you get this sort of production, 15 points a week, I'm quite pleased with it. So. Yeah, cheers, Craig. It was a nice deal. I'm sure he's quite pleased to get a first as well. Yeah, I think it was a good deal for both of you. I think he's always going to get volume while he plays Rice. He could be just a possession guy there while they sign another X. But um, yeah, I think he'll always be fine there. This is his rookie season and he's putting up decent numbers as well. So yeah, not a bad bet for me. But let's talk about the running back room. Pacheco, 21 points, 18 carries, 110 yards and a touchdown. A little bit of receiving work as well. So all-round game from Pacheco. He was, and do you know what? Did you? See, I thought he, was, he got killed at one point. Did you see, yeah. he got absolutely crunched up, and his body was folded in half. Do you well, see yeah, that? it looks like he uh, he might have an issue as well this week. I think they said, uh, was it something to do with shoulder? Sh- wasn't it a shoulder contusion? I don't even know what that means to be fair, <laughs> but it doesn't sound nice, does it? So, yeah, I mean, he was completely folded up like a pretzel, and he he manages to push himself out from getting completely bent in half the wrong way, doesn't he? And, these boys do put themselves through the ringer, and yeah, it's a bit of a shame. So, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, running back one down the street. Yeah, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, comeback season, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame because Pacheco is very, very good. I moved off Pacheco in a league this week. Uh, I moved Pacheco for Austin Eckler in a second. Um, I'm not quite a rebuild side. I've just had a terrible luck with injuries. I've got Nick Chubb, Aaron Rodgers, Jonathan Taylor, that sort of side. So, uh, yeah, I've added Eckler there and. Um, I was quite pleased to do that. I thought it was quite decent value for, for Pacheco. Yeah, that's a lovely deal, isn't it? You can sell Eckler on and then you're making double profit, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try and sell Eckler on for just a younger guy in a second and all that sort of stuff, and you've made a bit of profit there. Worst case, I'll just keep Eckler and he lands in a job next year and I'll, I'll just trot out, get the get the gang back. It'll be Eckler, Chubb, Taylor and Rogers, just a little veteran side. <laughs> let's uh, let's head to Jacksonville in the Monday night game. Another cracker, wasn't it? Really was, and I couldn't believe Jake Browning. Jesus, he was excellent. Yeah, he was really good. 32 from 37, 354 yards. The touchdown, a lovely throw to Chase, wasn't it? And uh, he run one in himself as well. Kind of a tush push, but a bit of a quarterback sneak. But um, game managed it really well. He's not got much of an arm, but he was dinking and dunking. And then he, he hit that one to Chase and he, he was looked good, didn't he? Yeah, he really, really did. And it's, um, I've got Joe Burrow in a few leagues and I didn't bother picking up Browning because I just thought he's not going to be usable. And he was. He was really good and I sort of regret it a bit now. I think you probably picked him up. You're quite good at picking up the lads off the waivers. Yeah, I picked him up and I had to play him in our uh, PCHDL league this week. And um, I was a few points behind Big Davey Gray this week and heading into the Monday night game. I just... I wrote it off as losing. I thought, oh, I'll lose this game because I had Chase and Brown into play and I think he had uh, Ridley. I think I was about 20 or 30 points behind. I just thought, oh, this game's done. And then I woke up Monday morning and saw Brown in smash for 28 points and Chase for 31. I was like, wow, I won the week. So, yeah, it was nice. to. Uh, I played him in the uh, the rookie league as well. And, he, yeah, he put up loads of points. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's strange. I think uh, nobody really expected that. 
I don't know if he's one you'd be able to move off. Sometimes you get these quarterbacks you can trade away for a third. He might just be one you just enjoy and try out for the next few weeks if you have to. Yeah, I mean, I've lost to Sean Watson in that PCHD league. So, yeah, he might be my backup to, to Fields and, and Prescott for a, a couple of weeks while the uh, through the playoffs, I think. Yeah, I mean, moving to the running back room, this was a really weird one because Chase Brown, um, you know, very athletic guy in the combine and quite highly rated. He set a record, I think, for the vert jump and <clears throat> really athletic guy. He'd missed most of the season, been injured. Out of nowhere comes in. He starts leading the game as the running back one for the Bengals and Mixon soon took over and nudges in a couple of touchdowns. But nine carries for 61 yards for Chase Brown. It was quite surprising out of nowhere. Yeah, Mixon's been very inefficient in his work this year and Chase Brown was more efficient than Mixon this week but Mixon manages to get the work through the air which does him really well and then he got the two touchdowns as well. But yeah, <clears> Chase Brown looked shifty and explosive, didn't he? He did. He's not quite one of my stashes because I think he was probably drafted in the late second, early third so I don't think his value's dropped enough to be a stash but keep an eye on that because, you know, Mixon's 27, is he? 27, 28. Yeah. <clears throat> so they're going to need to look to move the reins at some point and you know it's quite good to see that efficiency so keep an eye on that situation I think he's one to possibly well if you've got him keep him um, if you can get him thrown in on deal do that but probably can't get him that cheap not much to say about the wide receiver room I mean 11 from 12 or 149 yards and a touchdown from Chase I mean he's elite isn't he really really elite uh, Not as you said not much to really say about it I mean T Higgins was active finally um, but didn't really do very much. Is this just uh, my, my quarterback's dead and I'm out of contract, I just can't be bothered type vibe? What are you thinking about this? I really don't know what happens with him. Is there a chance that they franchise tag him? Because I think they're loathe to let T Higgins go, aren't they? I think there's a chance. I just don't know. It's, it's weird. He's missed so many games, he's been questionable, and then he's played, he's not been great. Just smacks of a guy just trying to protect himself so he doesn't get injured before his his payday. I just don't know what I think of it. We've seen this quite a few times over the years, and I don't know. We saw it with Big Alan Robinson, didn't we? When he got to the end of his deals and stuff, when he was just sort of checked out. I think he did it at your place, didn't he, as well? I'm not talking about that. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did it out. He, he did, yeah, didn't he? He did. He, did. he killed me in a few, I think, before. So. I don't know. Not much in the air. The tight end rooms. Hannah Hudson, four from four for 35 yards. And I don't even know Wilcox's first name. What's his name? Mitchell Wilcox. Bum. Is it is it Mitchell? Yeah. I, I, I thought it'd be Mac or something like that. They love crap names over there. Um, is Irv Smith Jr. dead? What's going on again? Oh, I don't know. I played him in one league because I just had no other option. And he's not even on the box score. So, yeah. Must be dead. He used to me, he used to me anyway. Yeah, exactly. he's not welcome in Freeport, Braintree. I know yeah. that. Let's talk about the Jaguars. Uh, quarterback, big big injury news. It was, and I'll tell you what, before we get into the actual performance of stuff, did you see the reaction of the knob on uh, the Bengals? Yeah, pathetic. Was it Trey Hendrickson? It was Trey Hendrickson. Trevor Lawrence goes down, Hendrickson comes over, sort of tries to help him up, doesn't he? And Lawrence takes a step, goes back down. It's a high ankle sprain, not good. Trey Hendrickson takes a knee and starts praying. Yeah, you, you wait till Sunday league this week. If I see an injury, I'm just going to drop to a knee. Yeah, drop, go and help him up, drop to a knee and pray over a sprained ankle. <laughs> I mean, it was, if it was like a, I mean, I'm not religious myself, but if his bones were sticking out, maybe uh, send up a few thoughts and prayers. Praying over a sprain, I've never seen anything like it. So, uh, 
I don't know. How long do you think Lawrence is out for? Because these things can rumble on, but I don't know. Is, is it going to be killed for the fantasy season? You think? Well, he was in. Uh, I saw him at his press conference earlier, and he walked to the press conference. Little bit of a limp, but he had his little uh, his little slider rascal sliders on, so he didn't even have a walking boot bandage or wrapping or anything. I mean, that's a little bit for show, but I don't know. Maybe two weeks. Yeah, it's um, a bit of a killer because it's just been a bit of a nightmare in the quarterback room. We've had Deshaun Watson out, Joe Burrow out, Trevor Lawrence out, and Pickett's now out. It's been a been a really tough season, isn't it? Aaron Rodgers, there's loads of sides. I've got a couple of leagues. I haven't got a quarterback at all now. <laughs> any any so, interest um, in CJ Befford? I've got no interest in CJ Befford. Um, he's another one. Our friend Amrit has picked him up everywhere. I guarantee Befford's in the inbox by the end of the night. 100%. Yeah, no problem. He's going to be in there, isn't he? But um, onto the running back room, Travis Etienne, 14 for 45, a touchdown, four from four receptions for 34 yards. He's been good every week now, hasn't he? Yeah, he really has. I, mean, I would say that his uh, workload could likely increase because he gets a lot of those dump-off passes anyway, but they've got Cleveland and Baltimore the next couple of games. So, yeah, I don't know if I'd be fancying uh, CJ Befford uh, dumping off to SCN against uh, the Browns and um, and the Ravens the next couple of games. Nice rookie performance from Parker Washington. Talk to me. Well, I might be talking to you a bit more about Parker Washington shortly, so I won't say too much. But, um, yeah, he looks really good. And, and Christian Kirk, sadly, he's going to miss some time, isn't he? Yeah, he's going to miss some time. So that could open it up for Parker Washington. But Zoe Jones, five from eight for 78 yards. Just a bit of the dirty work receiver. And disappointing from Calvin Ridley. Three carries for seven yards in the running backs and four from eight for 26 yards. Not great from Ridley, is it? No, it's really not, and he's he's got a big opportunity now because Kirk is out for I've just read it, out for eight weeks with a core muscle injury. Yeah. How how'd you hurt your stomach for eight weeks? Yeah, it's disappointing, isn't it? I mean, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's he's not got much dog in him, has he? No, I mean, well, I haven't got stomach muscles anyway. But if I had, they wouldn't hurt for eight weeks. I know that. Um, yeah, so it's a big opportunity for Ridley. He's got to step up. I've got him in a couple of leagues where I, I don't want to compete and. If you get an opportunity to sell sell on him, I think you need to. I think this also opens it up for Evan Ingram as well. And I think we saw as Kirk left the game, Ingram's volume picked up as well, didn't it? Well, they play in similar zones, don't they? They play in that intermediate sort of slot. And yeah, as you've said, it looks like it could be arrows up for Ingram. Nine targets from, well, nine receptions from nine targets in this game. And yeah, it could be a nice little thing, especially with a, a crap quarterback. Hang on a minute, right? Evan Ingram in New York. Did he ever get nine from nine? I mean, he dropped a few, didn't he? He did. In his rookie season, he was elite, to be fair. Basically, when he had a decent barnet, he was all right. But, yeah, he's gone for the uh, the, the buzz cut now, a little G.I. Joe nudge. So, uh, I don't know if I fancy New him York now. fans seeing Evan Ingram catch every single ball thrown to him must be, uh, must be quite the uh, thing, though, mustn't it? Yeah, I mean, it is infuriating. His rookie season, I picked him up in, in one of my first... Uh, First dynasty leagues, I think. I had Evan Engram and I loved him. He was brilliant. But uh, yeah, definitely wasn't known for his solid, uh, well, literally solid hands after a while. <laughs> yeah, I think we're, uh, are we mainly done with these games now, are we? I think we are. Yeah, it took us a while, but we got there. So we'll, uh, we'll talk about our studs and duds now for the week. So I'm first up with my stud. Six from eight for 134, 134 yards. Three touchdowns against a supposed good defence. Showed what he can do. Just wish we saw it more often. He's built like a tank. He's rapid. He made Pete Carroll take his top off in the combine. He loves threesomes and jelly beans. My stud of the week is the Kalen Zacharias DK Metcalf. 
He loves threesomes. Where have you got that from? Don't you remember when he was uh, on the social media and he was uh, he was involved in a few threesomes? I mean, I mean, we all like them, don't we? I, I assume I've not had one, but um, I'm sure we like them. Yeah, he's uh, like he's famed for it. Well, I'll, sh- well, I'll show you on show social media after. He may even post it on the Twitter page. Do you know, the amount of crap that we find out about players is incredible. You've just produced a little summary of a player. He likes threesomes and jelly beans. <laughs> we need to get a life because this is really sad. For God's sake. Oh, what more do you need to know? Yeah, Jesus, threesomes and jelly beans. The Kalen Zacharias makeup. <laughs> oh, I've got to go for mine now because we're talking rubbish here. Um, right, my stud of the week. Nine receptions from nine targets for 140 yards and a touchdown from a rookie tight end. There were some bigger box scores this week, but what this man is doing this season is an absolute joke. He's on track to set a new rookie tight end receptions record, and I think he probably is the dynasty tight end one at this stage. My stud of the week is Samuel Joseph Laporta. He definitely looks like a Joseph, doesn't he? He does, I think, yeah. He's known as uh, Joe. I think he's known Joe in the the local bagel shop. So uh, my stud of the week, his team put up 24 points. His quarterback played well. Zero catches from three targets and zero fantasy points. He's a supposed number one target on his team. and He's also a former college teammate of his quarterback. It didn't matter this week. My dud of the week is Marquez Brown. I'm not giving him Hollywood. He can have Hollywood back when he does something, the little nerd. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. No threesomes, no jelly beans either. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, my uh, my dud of the week. I nearly lost it with him this week. I was absolutely raging. Um, I don't think you can use this man or start him at all at the moment. And for a guy that's worth more than a first round in Dynasty and considered a top Dynasty wide receiver, it's just not good enough. Bad quarter play and a useless head coach is fine and explainable, but one reception for eight yards, do me a favour. My dud of the week, Drake London. No middle name? I don't think he has, no. I've searched at high and low. I was hoping it would be funny, but um, yeah. Dracavius, <laughs> I'm going to call him. Dracavius London. <laughs> That'll be any, <laughs> any random facts about him? Uh, yes. Yeah, he, uh, he, he likes snicker bars and uh, opal fruits. That's his, that's his play. <laughs> So uh, the next section is like a dynasty stash or pick up if you're uh, if you're rebuilding side. These are guys that you can probably get really cheap right now, and they may prove to be like uh, an asset next year. So I've got four, and Sean's got four. I'll go through my first one, and then we'll go back and forth between each other. So my first guy to pick up cheap and could be usable next year, Malik Heath. So he's Green Bay Packers wide receiver. His snap percentages have risen every week since week nine. Um, four from four against Detroit as well. The Packers will do this thing where they pick up a few players in a position and, and let the position play out. And they've done it with the wide receiver room. They've got Wicks, they've got Dubes, they've got Heath. They've got a few there. The best players will rise. He was one from pre-season, preseason that I liked. The beat reporters were very uh, effusive in their praise for him. He's going for free right now. Just pick him up. He could become a thing. He could become nothing. But he's costing you nothing for the gamble right now. So, yeah, Green Bay Packers, Malik Heath. Yeah, I quite like it. You just want a piece of good offences, don't you? And, and Jordan loves elevating lads. So, yeah, I like the shout. Yeah. Well, my uh, first pickup, uh, Parker Washington. Sixth-round pick out of Penn State. Five-foot-10, 212-pound wide receiver. So quite a stocky, well-built lad. Had a bit of an unexpected breakout this week. Caught six targets, for, well, six receptions off of six targets for 61 yards and a touchdown. 
with Christian Kirk out for some time, Zay Jones hasn't really been the healthiest this season, and Ridley probably not their next season because they've got to pay, I think, a second-round pick to keep him. You can likely pick up the Jags 2024 wide receiver two linked to Trevor Lawrence for absolutely nothing. So, um, yeah, bit of recency bias, but I think there's an opportunity there. Yeah, I like him. The only issue I've got with him is with that name, he sounds like he should be in Spider-Man. Yeah, you're not wrong, actually. He sounds like a journalist, and uh, I can't stand that. So, yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, so on to my second guy. So this was a, a Hard Knocks favourite. I spoke about him a bit earlier. So Hard Knocks favourite with his boy and maybe also on my list. He's a really good slot receiver type, very similar to Randall Cobb, who has actually been on the Jets this year as well. He's been in on over 70% of the snaps since week 11. The team really like him, and um, he's going for free right now. I have him on a few taxis. Five from seven for 77 yards last week with 12 points. Xavier Gibson on the uh, on the Jets is uh, another one of my guys to try and pick up for next year. I think he could have that slot role next year. But, yeah, just keep an eye on Xavier Gibbs- Gibson. Yeah, I like that, actually. Yeah, he's a nice little breakout and better quarterback play because uh, Rogers liked him, didn't he, in, in yeah, Hard Knocks. He had a nice little he story. liked both those guys, didn't he, those uh, undrafted guys? And we might find out about the other one in a minute. Yeah, well, a bit of a story for uh, later wide receivers here. So my next one, Xavier Hutchinson. Xavier Hutchinson, I think they pronounce it. Uh, wide receiver for the Texans. Fell to the late sixth round, but he's an alpha-sized profile wide receiver. He's six foot two, 203 pounds out of Iowa State, where he hit 107 receptions for just shy of 1,200 yards in his final season. He was a former JUCO guy, so he takes a bit of time to develop, so he's not the youngest. Um, he's an outside wide receiver. He's not a fantastic athlete, but he's very good after the catch, very strong. But importantly, he's linked to CJ Stroud for the next few years. Uh, he's worth a free stash, especially after Tank Dell's injury, because they're going to start mixing in other guys who might get some work. And suddenly, Xavier Hutchinson could find himself as a, a Z receiver on the outside. So, yeah, have a little look. Yeah, I like that one. He was um, he was a guy that I was interested in from the Senior Bowl because he got a couple of good reports coming out of that. And, um, yeah, he was one I was keeping an eye on. But then he fell late, and then he didn't really start that well at the Texans either so yeah he's definitely one to keep an eye on because there could be a role there because Bobby Woods is probably gone as well isn't he yeah Bobby Woods is probably gone and Mechie we like but obviously he's not quite developed as quickly with the injury and stuff and yeah you just want good young players linked to a very good young quarterback don't you and uh, yeah take a shot on a few yeah, I like it so my uh, my third guy Jason Brownlee from the Jets so um, Xavier Gibson's pal and another hard knocks guy He's more of an outside receiver. He's got raw physical attributes. I think the Jets' wide receiver room is a bit up in the air right now. And Rogers really liked um, Brownlee from preseason. Lazard and Cobb probably gone, and you know that could mean more Gibson and Brownlee. And they're both available for free right now. So ties in a little bit with um, Xavier Gibson, but yeah, Jason Brownlee is pal. Both of them from Hard Knocks, and um, yeah, I quite like him. Rogers liked him preseason, and um, yeah, I liked what I saw from him in preseason. He's a bit raw. He needs some work, but. Yeah, I don't know who's going to be left in that wide receiver room. It's going to be Wilson, Gibson and um, Brownlee this, at the moment. I mean, they may trade for Devontae Adams, but right now it's those two undrafted guys that have got a chance. Yeah, and I think also, even if they do trade for Adams, you know, they need more than two wide receivers and, and Rodgers will use them. So, uh, yeah, the volume might go to Wilson and to Devontae Adams, but wide receiver three and four could very well be those two lads. So, yeah, I quite like those as pickups. Talk to me about your third guy. Third guy, Jeremy Rucker. 
tight end for the Jets. Um, he was a third rounder last year out of the Ohio State. Um, he was very highly rated coming in, and uh, not always do these rookie tight ends come in and start smashing them like <coughs> Sam Laporta. We've had to wait a little bit, but we've just seen uh, Trey McBride go absolutely nuts as a second-year tight end. Ruckett's in his second year, and he's just lost, uh, obviously, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers should be back next season. CJ Zoma is absolute garbage. Tyler Conklin's a really decent, sort of dirty veteran tight end, but they've got an out on his deal this year, um, and if they don't, he's only got one year left. So the staff really like Jeremy Ruckett. Um, just Robert Salah last week was saying that he needs to get more game time, and his snap percentage has increased every week. So very uh, good possibility Jeremy Ruckett could be the Aaron Rodgers tight end one next season so definitely a stash bit of a theme for the Jets really there's some good value in this room yeah I really like this one I mean someone dropped him in an FAT league this week and um, yeah I picked him up straight away I agree with you I think he's a definite pick up if you can get him anywhere and um, yeah I really like that one Jeremy Ruckett didn't think we'd have so many Jets players on the other stash list, but I think it's just a bit of a messy roster and there's some value in there. Yeah, definitely. So on to my fourth guy. So Daenerys Prince. So um, Clyde, Red- Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will likely be gone. Jarek McKinnon's probably gone and old. They were very keen on Prince in pre-season this year. He was very good. Um, he'll, he'll have had a year in their system as he's been on the practice squad all year. I'm not sure the Chiefs will be spending on running backs as they've got to pay a massive Mahomes contract and they're likely looking to slim down on some contracts elsewhere. So he's available free everywhere right now, but I've picked him up in lots of leagues. Even I've got him on taxis and I've even been picking him up in leagues where I'm not competing and dropping older running backs. So yeah, Daneric Prince from the Chiefs. Yeah, I quite like it. And he was actually activated last week, wasn't he? He's gone back down to the practice squad. But if Pacheco is uh, broken like we think he might be, he could get a nice little trout the next few games, potentially. Yeah, pick him up now before he um, he comes in and does anything, because I think the um, when he does it, he's going to be tried to picked up everywhere. Yeah, agreed. I do like that. And yeah, I think if he does uh, end up being a thing there, we're going to be a bit gutted because we've linked everyone to the show. <laughs> yeah. so the, the podcast will be over. <laughs> Talk to me about your last man. Yeah, last man. And this is one that I sort of undenied. And there was a few other guys that I possibly thought um, Chase Brown would have been one of my guys, but I've decided not to. I've gone with Trey Tucker, which surprised me. But I've just been looking around for somebody that's possibly a bit hidden in Dynasty. Uh, wide receiver for the Raiders. Uh, he's not that big, not that heavy, but he's very, very quick. He was a third round pick last year for the Raiders. And the Raiders, as we've just said, likely move on from Devontae Adams, which leaves them with Jacoby Myers and Michael Mayer um, as their only receiving options, to be honest. So Trey Tucker could be a bit boom and bust. I think he's going to be a bit of a deep threat. Um, But with a very good chance of having better quarterback play, he could have some big weeks in the future as a deep threat wide receiver. So you can pick him up pretty much for nothing at this stage and I think he's potentially going to have a role because they do like him in Las Vegas the staff are quite high on him yeah I like this one the play for me with Tucker would be picking him up now and then next year if he goes off with some some deep um, deep shots next year and has a couple of games where he hits and then to try and sell him for like a second or something like that yeah that's absolutely the play if they get the right quarterback there or even if your boy Aidan Connell um, is there he's going to have a couple of big weeks and those boom bust ones they always give you a window to sell don't they so uh, yeah it's worth a go yeah so I think that concludes us this week did you just want to quick have a quick chat about our guillotine league I do yeah so the guillotine league is going quite well isn't it I've really enjoyed that league I mean it's um, it's probably the first one I check on a 
on the Monday morning after the games and stuff. But we're still in there, aren't we? The final, is it final five now? Yeah, so we started with 16. We're down to five and um, you and I are repping the podcast, aren't we? We are down from the last 16. We've made it to the last five and um, I don't know, it's very, very close. Looking at the projections this week, I'm on 255. Geordie Mick, 239. You're on 257. Andy, 263. And Sam, 250. So we're all... There's nothing in the projections, is there? Just who goes I off. I really, really like my starting lineup this week, which tells me that I'm probably gone. <laughs> yeah, looking at your lineup, it's strong. Lamar Jackson, Saquon Barkley, Amon Ra St. Brown, Chris Alave, Pittman, Mike Evans, Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, and Justin Herbert. My <laughs> word. You're looking, you're looking strong there. Yeah, but you? I mean, there's been weeks when I'm like, oh no, that looks dodgy, and I've played uh, like other people, and it's like, I don't know if I'm going to get through, and I've got through. The week that I've probably got an elite lineup, I'll probably go out. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I've got a high ceiling in my side, but I've also got a very bad floor with some lads that could let you down. So, Russ Wilson, Austin Eckler, CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Waddle, Cooper Cup, Travis Etienne, Travis Kelsey, Alvin Kamara and Pat Mahomes. So, high ceiling, but there's a few lads that could let me down there, I think. Uh, I don't know. I quite like that. The only one that might let you down is Eckler, but then he's playing the Broncos. That's exactly why I was in my lineup. I just think the matchup's really, really good. So, uh, yeah, Cup, you sort of have to start Cup, don't you? But we'll see. It's, uh, I'm the only person left with cash. I've got $2 of my fab left. So uh, if I can survive this week, I'm in a good position. So next the guy week. that went out this week had $5 left. He was one of the only ones in you that had cash, wasn't he? They are. And do you know what's so weird? You know, I really recommend anyone starting up their own guillotine leagues. It's good fun. Everyone's picking up lads with zero. None of you boys have got cash, but you picked up Chris Alave this week for zero, Justin Herbert for zero. It's uh, Andy picked up Keenan Allen for a quid. I mean, it was um, it's a weird concept, but it's, it's actually fun. just going to come down to the waiver order now, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. It's just whoever gets the luck in the waiver order, really, because no one's got any money apart from me. And I don't know, I might not survive. If I don't survive, you boys have got a bit of a scrap for uh, whoever. Gets dropped. Uh, I'm still waiting for your Essex final, to be honest. That's what I'm hoping for it. I am hoping for it. Good yeah, fun. definitely. But um, yeah, so that concludes us this week. We'll be back next week with a roundup of week 14 and our usual extras. It's getting close now. Please don't forget to rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. The podcast is available to download on most popular podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're available on Twitter at Adjust Ranks. We'll be back next week. Until then, my office is fully open. My office is never closed.